Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. NewMana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's NewMana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
welcome to the Covenanters Call. This is Pastor Mike Hoover, and we're broadcasting live from balmy southern Indiana. We appreciate you tuning into the broadcast this evening. We are a Bible call-in question and answer program. You want to give us a call this evening here on AVR. That number is 1-800-932-1980. 1-800-932-1980. We invite you to come into the chat room. Now, there's already lively conversation going on in there, and you'll have the opportunity to uh, talk to some folk in there that uh, have some interesting ideas. So we encourage you to do that. Now, let me remind you of a couple of things here. First of all, I appreciate you being in prayer for Pastor Keith Hoover and myself. Uh, Lord willing, this coming Thursday morning, we're going to be setting out for Appleton, Wisconsin, and we'll be up there with the people of Victory Baptist Church. It's on 815 North Richmond Street there in Appleton. And Pastor Ken Griesbach and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, he and I will be taking turns uh, preaching in a family conference there. Uh, we're going to deal with uh, biblical parenting. Uh, we're going to deal with uh, um, a number of things, uh, courtship. Um, we're going to deal with finances and uh, a number of things there. And we would invite you, even education of children, and then grandparenting of children. I get to close the meeting out on Sunday evening at 6 p.m. But we would invite you to come. If you happen to be up in the Appleton, Wisconsin area, or you're within driving distance, uh, then we would encourage you to come. We'd love to meet you there at the Victory Baptist Church on 815 North Richmond Street in Appleton. And uh, we will look forward to doing that. Appreciate if you would continue being in prayer uh, for little Helen Rose. We've mentioned her on a number of times here on this broadcast and my wife had the opportunity to go today with her mother and she as she went for one of her treatments. Uh, little Helen Rose, as far as they're concerned, is doing extremely well. And yet she still faces two full years of treatment uh, until they are satisfied that uh, uh, this uh, leukemia has been taken care of. So you keep praying for her. Little Helen Rose about four years old and a little blonde and just as cute as a button. And uh, it's a difficult time for her. Then we continue uh, to ask you to pray for our friend Shelby and her husband, Rocky, over there in Pennsylvania. Shelby dealing with cancer herself. And I know that you have uh, prayer requests as well. We would love to hear from you about those prayer requests. And we'll give you that contact information a little bit further down in the broadcast. But uh, feel free to let me know about those. And I will mention them on the airwaves. Uh, there are people, I believe, that do pray. And uh, we, uh, you know, the Bible talks about the fact that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And that doesn't mean we're righteous on our own, but through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can approach the throne room of heaven. So uh, I would encourage you to send those prayer requests, prayer requests, excuse me, our way. Now, we've been talking about America's descent into tyranny. And if you will remember on last Tuesday, toward the end of the broadcast, we began dealing with some perfect examples of uh, in the name of religion, attempts by people uh, to try and direct people and uh, other people in the direction away from the teachings of the Word of God. We started naming names. Now, we've always done that here on the Covenanters Call. But uh, the Bible says that we should mark them that walk unruly among us and avoid them. So uh, we mentioned a name on last Tuesday night, Dr. Billy Graham. Some of you probably are familiar with him. And we started talking about the Alpha Course that was promoted at the Amsterdam 2000 Conclave uh, 16 years ago and uh, influenced greatly by C.S. Lewis, uh, a closet or trench coat Roman Catholic, and so on and so forth. Let me finish up, and then we're going to proceed on uh, in our study about America's descent into tyranny. Now, 
The Alpha Course is presented in churches and at other venues all over the world. It is devilish. It is new age. It is ungodly. It is the devil at his deceptive best, if you want to call it that. The course is named after the alpha brainwaves, which are really physiological human brain activities. A former self-described witch described alpha. Here it is, quote, In alpha, the mind opens up to non-ordinary forms of communication, such as telepathy, clairvoyance, and precognition, out-of-the-body sensations, mystical, visionary information. The July 2000 issue of the magazine The Day Drawing Near describes the Alpha Course in this way, quote, reveals the excesses of the charismatic movement, tongues, words of knowledge, healing and guidance from visions, forces, and dreams. The Alpha Course is referred to as a Holy Spirit weekend. Billy Graham's magazine, Christianity Today, carried an ad for Alpha in its April 27, 1998 issue. Nikki Gumbel, the inventor of the Alpha Course, was invited by Mr. Graham to be a speaker at the Amsterdam 2000, 2000 conference. Thousands, perhaps millions of Americans, have experienced the Alpha Course. Maybe you know someone who has. Who are some of the leading apostates who endorse it? We should know, so we can be forewarned of their influence in the same game of apostate ecumenicism. Certainly Billy Graham supports it, for he advertised it in his magazine. J.I. Packer supports it, as do Chuck Colson, Bill Bright, Tony Campolo, Jack Hayford, Bill Hybels, Pat Robertson, Luis Palau, George Gallup Jr., uh, David Yonggi Cho, and Robert Schuller, or he did, of course he's gone, and the heretic, the Archbishop George Carey, who was also a keynote speaker at the Amsterdam 2000. Friends, you may recognize the names of several of the Alpha Course supporters, as you often see their books on the shelves of so-called Christian bookstores. Beware. The Alpha Course is merely another of the tricks of the devil to get Americans to, who say they are religious or even Christian to opt into the falling away into the grand apostasy. Now, what has all this got to do with tyranny in America? Well, it has much to do with it, as we will see. Apostasy begins with false doctrine spread abroad by false teachers and false prophets. They are rife among us. They've infiltrated American Christianity and America's churches so much that they are considered mainstream. After all, is not the Reverend Dr. Billy Graham considered America's prime religious leader, one of our greatest Christians? In reality, friends, Graham is a minion of the devil. He is a minister of Lucifer, Satan, the devil, whom he, the devil, has transformed into a minister of righteousness. If you'd like to convince yourself of that truth, then read the book entitled Billy Graham and His Friends written by Dr. Kathy Burns, published by Sharing, 212 East 7th Street, Mount Carmel, Pennsylvania. Now, friends, according to God's Word, what is the outcome of false doctrine? Spread abroad by false teachers and false prophets. It is the destruction of the faith or religious beliefs which come under attack by these falsities. Regarding America, 
It is grand and national apostasy. Read about Israel in the Bible to verify that fact. Their false teachers and false prophets and their false national leaders who goaded and led them into accepting false doctrine destroyed their faith and their religion. They did not eradicate it. No, they replaced it with a false religion which now and for hundreds of years has served the Jewish people. Friends, this is true. Judaism, defined as the present-day religion practiced in your local synagogue, is not the faith and its accompanying religion which God gave. No, it's a man-made, perverted religion of work salvation. At best, so-called Orthodox Jewry. And it is anathema, it is atheism at worst, so-called liberal or secular Judaism. Today's Jews are apostate, having been so for centuries. They remain as God's chosen people, yet the modern Jewish religion has no power to save them. They're a lost people. They're estranged from God. Yes, the faith practiced and adhered to by the majority of Jews today is not a living faith, as touted by apostates such as John Hagee. It is a very dead faith, having been engineered that way through the centuries by false believing Jews led by Lucifer, Satan, the devil. The greatest service America and Americans could do for the Jewish race today is to send them thousands of biblical Christian missionaries. I doubt that that will ever happen, but it is the best way to support Israel. Yes, pray for the peace of Israel, not cessation from war, but for restoration to the Almighty God. That is the only peace which will have everlasting benefits for God's chosen race. The Kabbalah, a mystical, occult, devil-inspired secret cult adopted by some of the Jews who were taken into captivity by the Babylonians, is today a vibrant, alive, and growing presence not only among the Jews themselves, but among American Gentiles. The Kabbalah does not represent mainstream Judaism, but it is an example of apostasy within Judaism. America's so-called Christians are apostate, having acquired their apostasy over the past 100 years or so. Most of America's, quote, Christians, end of quote, are apostate because of one single perverted doctrine. That doctrine is the doctrine of works for salvation. Some of the present apostate leadership that we have just named. So America's true faith, Christianity, Bible Christianity, now hangs in the balance. What's that mean? It means we are on the threshold of no faith. That's what apostasy leads to. No faith. One thing which accompanies or which facilitates no faith during and after its time of coming to be its hatred to coming to be is hatred of the truth. In order for people or a nation to be convinced that they uh, to be convinced that they must apologize, they need to be brought to the place where they reject, repudiate. I'm sorry, I said apologize. I should have said in order for a nation to be convinced that they must apostatize. They need to be brought to the place where they reject and repudiate, even come to hate their former faith and their former religious beliefs. This is so that those former things may be replaced. 
What are some early examples of hatred of the truth? Friends, you may be surprised or amazed when a few of these examples are presented to you. Why? Well, because you have been so conditioned by the devil's propaganda and spiritual influence to regard these examples of hatred of the truth in a completely different light. In fact, these examples that you're about to hear are the subtle early stages of leading Christians into a hatred of the truth. After all, what is truth? Jesus Christ, God declared that God's word is truth, John 17, 17. To hate the truth will require a hatred of God's word. The devil uses and has used a specific progression in his successful attempt to bring a hatred for truth into and among the churches of America. It rests upon the principle of the flesh. Paul admonished in Galatians 5, verse 25, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Why did Paul say this to us? Because of other truth which he revealed. This I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17. Here's a principle. When we accept the flesh over the spirit, we soon come to hate the spirit. If you're a carnal Christian, that is one who operates in the flesh and not through the power and influence of the Holy Spirit, then you do not enjoy it much when the Holy Spirit brings conviction to your heart. What medium does he use to bring conviction to a heart? Friend, he uses God's word. Yes, indeed, you have come to the place in your life when the Holy Spirit of God speaks to you, that you ignore him, disdain him, grieve him, and quench him. That is a natural, fleshly symptom and a negative result of the ongoing war between the flesh and the spirit in a Christian's daily life. The flesh is the devil's springboard for getting Christians into the apostasy bandwagon. When we accept a lie brought to us by and through our flesh over the truth, we soon come to hate the truth and hate God's word. We will see this principle at work in some of these illustrations of which I'm about to make you aware. All right, number one, let's talk about truth. Salvation from hell and being born again, that's Holy Spirit regeneration, is God's plan and desire for all lost men and women. It is the biblical and only way for men to pass on from natural, physical, earthly death to the heavenly world of supernatural, spiritual, eternal life within a glorified, sin-free, forever body. Here's a lie. Salvation is to be found through works. Now, a modern example of this lie manifested in one person is the Mother Teresa style of salvation. Mother Teresa became an icon of what the apostasy would consider a, quote, good Christian, end of quote. Billy Graham once referred to her Christian love in a book he wrote. If Mother Teresa was a Christian, according to the Roman Catholic doctrine she espoused, then she was only a pseudo-Christian and not a true one. If she was only a pseudo-Christian, then she could never have demonstrated Christian love, for that quality is a product of the Holy Spirit of God, only indwelling a true Christian. 
Galatians 5, verse 22. Christian love, the kind we assume Mr. Graham was speaking of, is always and only a product of the Holy Spirit's work in a born-again person. It is called part of the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. Christian love is a supernatural quality only available to those who know Jesus Christ, God, as their personal Savior through conviction of sin, repentance from sin, faith in Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit regeneration. Mother Teresa, if she believed and practiced Orthodox Roman Catholic doctrine regarding salvation, was a lost person. Therefore, there's no way she could have manifested Christian love. Was Mr. Graham deceived? Was he in error? Or was he attempting to deceive others? Chuck Colson, an apostate, once called her his, quote, Christian sister, end of quote. Mother Teresa, as far as I know, was not a saved, born-again person in the only sense, in the biblical sense. She was a heathen, one who did not know the one true God. Therefore, she could not have been a Christian sister to Chuck Colson, another pseudo-Christian. Was Mr. Colson deceived? Was he in error? Or was he attempting to deceive others? What Mother Teresa did know was good works. These works were all works of the flesh because she, not being born again, had not the person, the presence, or the power of the Holy Spirit, the author of true good works residing within her. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Mother Teresa strove for world peace through, by, and according to the wisdom of man. She championed the sincere religious beliefs of all people, of all faiths, so long as they all tended to world peace, to brotherly love, to respect, to unity and diversity. She was an occult New Ager, not a Christian. Now, morally, she may have been a good person, as the world defines good people. God makes clear, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Titus 3, verses 5 and 6. Without Christ, if she was, Mother Teresa now abides in hell. Although the Roman Catholic cult religion may denominate her a saint, she was never a true saint of God, having not known God. Still, the Mother Teresa story, as is invented and told to the world by liars, thrives among us, even among Christians. Mother Teresa represents the now predominant so-called Christian doctrine of salvation, being a good person. The philosophy which now prevails almost all among almost all people calling themselves, quote, Christian, end of quote, is the Mother Teresa philosophy. If you read the newspaper, when you come to the religion section, you'll see ample evidence of the activities of modern churches toward doing good to their fellow men, toward being a social influence for good in the community, toward meeting the material needs of as many as possible through charity and uplifting social work through participation in 
such ecumenical activities as community days of prayer with any and all who call themselves Christian or call themselves religious regarding any, quote, faith, end of quote, through resisting such things as family or home abuse or poverty or war or drugs or hunger or so on. This false idea of Christianity prevails in America and throughout the Christian world. This philosophy used to be called or referred to as the, quote, social gospel, end of quote. It's been argued or and augmented from its infancy over the years as it now accepts all faiths and religions, and it has been redacted over the years as it now rejects or at least plays down the need or way of true salvation. Doctrine is eschewed. The emotions of false love, in other words, not Holy Spirit-engendered love, as the fruit of the Spirit, and feeling good over the way in which one helps his fellow man is uplifted. And this false idea is now what many, many churches call the gospel. In reality, friends, it is a hatred of truth. The deepest and most grievous aspect of this love-all-works salvation is that it depends upon the wisdom of men to determine its definition, to set its goals, to guide its progress, and establish its dictums. The Pope of Rome is one of these men. The Bible declares in Proverbs 16, verse 25, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. What men call, quote, love, end of quote, is really hate. To murder unborn or freshly born children is not love. It is hate toward God and hate toward his creation. However, the Mother Teresa style of salvation will call baby murder compassionate, sensitive, an expression of individual freedom and all for the greater good. To pursue the satisfaction of the flesh, you may recall, is the foundation of apostasy. To clamor for the accommodation, even the exaltation of sodomy is not love. It's hate. However, the Mother Teresa style of salvation will call the acceptance and furtherance of the sin of sodomy compassion and tolerance love, and freedom from hate and bigotry, and a newfound mental disease, homophobia. Friends, the apostasy is exemplified through the flesh, the satisfaction of the flesh, and the rejection of the spirit. Will, for example, the Episcopal Church, the Community of Christ Church, and the Presbyterian Church USA, by the way, all those present themselves to be Christian, Agree with the Mother Teresa style of being a Christian regarding the sin of sodomy? Of course. They have and they will. Having determined that they will perform the sacred covenant of marriage in joining together sodomites and to fill their own pulpits with sodomites and lesbians. Friends, we're coming to the break. Why don't you stay tuned for the second half of the Covenanters' call as we continue looking at America's descent into tyranny. You stay with us the second half.
beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. People realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called, and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time.
my friends. Welcome back to the second half of the Covenant Answers Call. Once again, if you'd like to call in with a question or comment, our number here at American Voice Radio, 1-800-932-1980, or that local call-up number, 541-826-0953. Let me take an opportunity here. Uh, to encourage you to be a supporter of American Voice Radio, you have that opportunity there on the main page of the website. And uh, I would encourage you to do that. Lots of good programming on here. And uh, you can depend upon it to be on the airwaves and hear the same kind of stuff uh, just about every time you tune in. So uh, I would encourage you to do that. We would love to hear from you this week. You can contact me. Uh, you can write me a letter if you want to. My my address, uh, you can send Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North. State Highway 337, Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can drop me an email. That's the monkey on at Clean Internet, T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N at C-L-E-A-N-I-N-T-E-R dot net. Or give us a phone call, that number, 812-653-5578. Let me remind you again. Uh, that this coming uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, Pastor Keith Hoover and myself will be up at Victory Baptist Church in Appleton, Wisconsin. That's uh, 815 North Richmond Street there in Appleton. And uh, we will be preaching a family conference and having a great time in the Lord. Uh, Friday night, 6 p.m., we're going to talk about biblical parenting uh, for the young believer. That'll be my son preaching. And then the old guy steps in afterwards. Uh, biblical parenting for the second generation. Then on Saturday, we have a men's breakfast at the church. Ladies have a ladies' brunch at 10 a.m. Then Saturday evening at 6 p.m., we're going to talk about courtship, courtship from the parent's perspective, and then uh, courtship from uh, the child or our son's perspective. Uh, Sunday morning, Sunday, uh, 10 a.m., family finances. We're going to deal with that from the Word of God. Then at 11 a.m., education of children by Pastor Keith Hoover. Then that evening, 6 p.m., grandparenting uh, of children and grandchildren. And we're really looking forward to a great time in the Lord there. We would love to have you come and love to meet you uh, up there. So we encourage you uh, to do that. Now, we're talking about America's descent into tyranny. Uh, friends, teaching America's public school children how to perform uh, different acts of, of uh, moral candor in school classes on sex education is hate. It's not love. But you see, the Mother Teresa style of salvation would call such wickedness healthy, call it normal, even needful. Mother Teresa may have claimed, as the mainstream educators do, that learning about these practices in the second grade will reduce the incident of Assaults, transmitted diseases, and obsessive family uh, family problems, and and the the lack of of inhibitions. It's all for the greater good. They would declare. It's an expression of love. They would claim. The apostasy is exemplified through the flesh and the rejection of the spirit. Well, the thousands of worldly churches which accept and promote and accommodate sensual dress and appearance and language and music and activities of daily life agree with the Mother Teresa style of Christianity regarding the compassion 
of teaching youngsters how to gratify their desires at an early age in order to prevent offenses later on? Would that agree with that philosophy? Well, of course they would, and they do. When we accept and exalt the flesh over the spirit, then we soon come to hate the spirit. Those who would demand faithfulness and allegiance to the doctrines of God's word are being called divisive, haters, judgmental, exclusive, bigots, hypocrites, legalists, and the list goes on and on. They themselves will soon be placed in a position of being hated by those who claim to be Christians, by those who follow the Mother Teresa style of salvation. These ones are now in the great majority. It is so because we're in the midst of the falling away, and we have been for many years. Let's talk about truth. Truth. A Christian places Jesus Christ first in his life. He empties himself of himself. He's a new creature. And part of that newness is manifested in the exaltation of Jesus Christ. When one exalts Jesus Christ in his life, then old things are passed away and all things become new indeed. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. One exalts and loves Christ through obedience to his word. John 14, 15. John 8 verse 31. God dwells with him that is of humble and contrite spirit. Isaiah 57 verse 15. A Christian places Jesus Christ first, even over love for his family or his career or his circle of friends, over all things which characterize his past life, who he was before he accepted Jesus Christ. Or here's the lie. Jesus' love extends to his acceptance of us wherever we are in life, even after salvation. Jesus only desires that we worship him, and he leaves the means, the method, and the mode up to us to determine. In this sense, Jesus' acceptance of us, where we are, extends to our sin or sins, whatever they may be. Jesus, in this context, comes not to judge, but to bring a sense of human completeness, a la Joe Olstein or Tony Campolo or Rick Warren. By the way, all those guys are heretics and false teachers. All of them are ministers of the devil. The lie expressed is fundamental to the falling away. It represents a threshold to elevating our fleshly desires over the spirit. Here are some examples which may enlighten you if you have a deceived mind. Most churches congregations have names. Usually, they're names reflecting a particular denomination like Methodist or Presbyterian or Baptist or Pentecostal. But even this traditional way of naming church congregations is becoming outmoded. Often, in the midst of the falling away, church congregations or people call themselves, calling themselves Christians are naming their groups using words other than the formerly recognizable denominational names. Is there a reason for this? 
Well, yes, there's a reason. These churches no longer wish to lift up doctrine. You see, friend, doctrine divides, hence the many denominations. But the desire for the false idea of unity among those who call themselves Christian must require the eschewing of divisive doctrine. This, quote, unity, end of quote, by the way, is unity in apostasy, as we're about to see. So, a church congregation is more likely to call itself a community church these days than before. By naming itself community, it avoids any divisive doctrinal stigma, and it promotes the idea of a church for everyone in the community. It promotes the false idea, the Antichrist idea, that we all may worship the Lord as we wish in this place with no fear of or need to ascribe to any particular set of dividing doctrines or dictums. People like that idea. Why? Because it exalts the flesh. Truly? Oh, yes. It exalts the flesh. Let's look at a few examples of this doctrine-free idea as it is reflected in so-called churches near you, friend. What is a cowboy church? There are plenty of them around. Is it a particular denomination? No. Do they all follow and believe the same doctrines? No. Are they bound together in some sort of association or convention? No. What, then, is a cowboy church if there seems to be nothing which binds them all together, even though they all go by the same title? Well, there is one thing which binds them all together. It's the flesh. The flesh? Yes, it's the flesh. You see, friend, in the cowboy church, Jesus Christ is meeting these people where they are. They are where they are according to the flesh. The cowboy church philosophy is that Jesus meets us where we are, and we do not meet him where he wants us to be. It's a subtle triumph of the flesh over the spirit. You need an explanation here so you'll understand the cowboy church ethos. First, the very basis or basic is the name itself. The name cowboy church is after the ones who go there. It's not after the one who's assigned by God's word, the supreme position of sovereign over the church, the church of Jesus Christ. No, the attendees or members name the church after themselves. It's a means of identification set before the world, suspiciously fleshly. And the name Cowboy Church expresses no clear doctrinal standing or position, as do the names Presbyterian, Baptist, Pentecostal, and so on. Secondly, The name Cowboy Church implies a particular lifestyle. Further, it implies that the lifestyle identified by the name Cowboy Church is somehow elevated, predominated, or at least very important to the functioning or operation or even the attitudes of those who go to that church, even though they may all be saved, born-again people, suspiciously fleshly. Thirdly, We know after observing these particular churches for a few years that the lifestyle of the cowboys who attend indeed 
sets the atmosphere, the style, the tenor of the so-called worship which occurs in these churches. It is done cowboy style. What things characterize the lifestyle of the cowboy? Individualism. Determination in the face of adversity. Ruggedness. Rejection of an easy lifestyle. Hard work. Resistance to change. A iconic way of communicating. Reluctance to reveal or expose inner feelings or emotions. The ethos of manliness. Rejection of weakness of character. Single-minded pursuit of goals. Hard but fair rules for life. These things are not necessarily bad or undesirable per se, but how are they reflected in the average cowboy church? The cowboy wishes to remain, to retain, to maintain his cowboy persona. So he determines that he'll attend church in his cowboy regalia. He wishes to continue to be seen as the man as he always has been. So his worship service reflects little emotion, small amounts of singing, an informal atmosphere where everyone's opinion is welcomed and given a hearing. The prayer service, if there is one, is more a private thing than a communal experience. Things such as scripture memorizing, personal soul winning, responding to altar calls, are given low priority. In short, the cowboy church philosophy emphasizes the flesh. I'm a cowboy and proud of it. Over giving one's life over to Jesus Christ as Lord, and the Holy Spirit is the one who conforms the cowboy to Christ. The cowboy church would rather conform Jesus Christ to the cowboy mentality than it would seek for the transformation of the mind of the cowboy to the mind of Christ. Romans 12, verse 2. It is a subtle example of flesh over spirit. There are motorcycle churches built and run for motorcycle enthusiasts. Same idea as the cowboy church. Same subtle substitution of the flesh for the spirit. Which is more vital to a Christian's life after salvation? Conformity to Christ or retaining previous modus operandi? How would these churches orient one toward the hatred of, or the hatred for, God's word? The Bible requires a born-again man to submit to the life-changing confirmation to Jesus Christ. Cowboy churches and motorcycle churches from the onset inform the Lord Jesus Christ that they're not interested in conforming to him, but that they are interested in retaining their image. What image? The image that the world thinks of when it hears the word cowboy. Pride is the direct enemy of humility, just as the flesh is the direct enemy of the spirit. This false idea that Jesus will meet you where you are and require nothing beyond that place where you happen to be in life has become the philosophy of the so-called emerging church movement. The emerging church, by the way, that's a name used by its promoters, is just one more version of the cowboy church, only on a grander and broader scale. It appeals to more people. Not everyone wishes to be a cowboy, but all apostates or pretend Christians 
wish to be where they are and to have Jesus Christ meet them there and hang out with them there. Rick Warren's Saddleback Church in California is an example. Bill Hybels' Willow Creek Church is an example. These men are both apostate. Now, if you think about it, you can recognize this particular apostate philosophy in churches in your area, in your city, or in your neighborhood. People like Joel Olstein preach and teach the philosophy that Jesus will meet you where you are. Oh, yes, Jesus does meet us where we are. But he desires for us to be where he is, made like unto him, transformed, sanctified, and made holy. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. But the apostate idea that Jesus meets us where we are stops there, where we are. In fact, most of the famous high-profile media-friendly preachers today espouse this false idea of Christianity. God's love, implying his forgiveness, grace, and mercy, is exalted over his righteousness, implying truth, judgment, and holiness. So if you're of the crowd who wishes to wear short shorts, halter tops, and flip-flops to church, uh, by the way, that's mostly women, then you know that Jesus will meet you there in your bondage to lewdness, and that will be okay. Why? Because the perversion of truth says that not only will Jesus meet you where you are, but he loves you so much that your particular lifestyle issues are secondary to basking in his love for you. Yes, sin is forgotten. Either that or it's renamed or it's ignored. To mention it is unloving. It's judgmental in the eyes of these modern apostates. If you prefer the flesh-exalting, spirit-crushing, pagan, lasciviousness, heathenism music of the world, if that meets your particular sin factor, then there's a church where you can go and be a part of that style of, quote, worship, end of quote. Your flesh may be satisfied, and you can call it being a Christian, and you may fool yourself into believing that Jesus will meet you there and smile upon you there. Billy Graham's Amsterdam 2000 apostasy-laden meeting was crammed full of such worldly, unholy, ungodly music. If your lifestyle is one which feeds on the need for social notoriety, born out of the yuppie materialistic mentality which always compares one to another, then there's a church for you out there which will allow you to be that kind of person and yet call yourself Christian. These particular examples represent the so-called emerging church movement. These are current examples of the falling away, which are all fed and nurtured by and through the flesh. They are what is called generally feel-good churches. Churches where you can feel good about yourself, where you can feel good about where you are in life and feel good about Jesus at the same time. Churches where you'll seldom feel bad about your sin, because sin is never mentioned in a personal context. Feelings reflect the flesh. There is one thread of apostasy which has weaved its wicked way into and through 
most every facet of the falling away. Truly, it is a very powerful exaltation of the flesh, and simultaneously, it is a grand perversion of the spirit. It exalts the flesh while deceiving its victims into believing that it also exalts the spirit. This thread of sin and iniquity is the so-called charisma phenomenon. Do you believe God when he reveals to us that the whole world lieth in wickedness, 1 John 5, 19b? Either the whole world lieth in wickedness or does not. Either God tells the truth or he lies to us. Which is it? Does the whole world lie in wickedness or does it not? If it is so that the whole world lieth in wickedness, then we know that any time we see, hear, detect, view, evaluate, or become aware of a thing of the world, that thing is part of the wickedness of the world. For example, the devil tempted Jesus Christ in the desert with the lordship over all the kingdoms of the world. Matthew chapter 4, if you want to look it up. The devil told Jesus that if he, Jesus, would worship the devil, then the devil would give Jesus the glory and glories of all the kingdoms of the world. All the kingdoms. The devil holds in the palm of his wicked hand all the kingdoms of this world. Those kingdoms represent the human governments, the nations, the countries, the peoples, the endeavors, the pursuits, the goals, the riches, the attainments, the plans, the operations, the industries, the societies, the cultures, the philosophies, the traditions, and the rudiments of the entire human population of the earth. Do you believe that truth? The whole world lieth in wickedness. And the devil was willing to give this whole entire corrupt, wicked world, illustrated through the kingdoms he controlled, into the hands of Jesus Christ, if only Jesus would have worshipped him. A thing that represents or exemplifies or illustrates or is spawned by the world is wicked. It is of the flesh. For the world is of the flesh, friend. And the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh, Galatians 5.17. Not only that, but they are contrary the one to the other. Same verse. The charisma is a thing spawned of and by the world. No need to mince words here or make excuses or allowances for some folks who just have a different idea about worshiping God or even a fuller idea, the full gospel for that matter. The charismatic movement is evil, wicked, and antichrist in its fiber, its very being, and its founding, and in its future. It is emerging devil worship, and will be a catalyst for the coming worldwide Satanism, which will be full-blown by the time the Antichrist comes to power. Have you heard any namby-pamby, milk-toast, nationally known preacher say anything like that? No, you haven't. And you will not. The charismatic movement is a fraud of great proportions, it is spiritual adultery with a capital A. Friend, this is the Covenanters' call. I appreciate you tuning in.
I would encourage you to tune again with us next week while we continue our study in the uh, fact of America's descent into tyranny. I want you to listen to what we have to say about these truths and hear us out till we're done. Love to hear from you. Write to me, Pastor Mike Hoover, 2569 North State Highway 337 in Orleans, Indiana, 47452. You can drop me a, an email, the muggy on at Clean Internet. T-H-E-M-O-G-O-L-L-O-N at C-L-E-A-N-I-N-T-E-R dot net. Or feel free to give us a phone call. That number, 812-653-5578. I would encourage you, if you live up in the Appleton, Wisconsin area, to come and meet us this coming weekend. We're looking forward to being there. And uh, trust that uh, the Lord gives us a good meeting. You stay tuned for more good programming here on American Voice Radio. Lots of stuff coming. I hear the music. My time's up. Till we meet you again on the airwaves, may God bless you. Is our prayer. Have a great evening.
Organic Sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is October 6, 2016. time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. So it's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, prayer request, or message. Don't go on and on giving me 20... Uh, okay. I repent. I got about eight um, voice messages in a row from a man on my cell phone, and about the same number I think it was on the regular phone. He kept going on and on and on. Now I understand, brother, if you're listening, if you want to talk to me about something, 
But when you ramble on and on like that, I, I, I just don't get it. Um, so you need to, and I won't listen to it. You just, in your case, please email me um, your phone number, um, prayer request or message, and I'll call you back. And you can get the email address from our, our website or on our website, you can scroll down and there's a little form on the right-hand side that you can put your cell phone or your phone number there in and, and say prayer request or whatever. Um, one of those ways you get a hold of me, don't leave me rambling messages. And that goes for all of you folks. Be respectful of what you're doing, and I will get a hold of you as soon as I can. Anyway, the phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. Now, you can always find updates for the breaking news, our ministry radio program archives, our email address, all at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com, prophecyhour.com. And if you just want audio archives, you know, it looks a little better, just check out MessiahBranch.com, and if you see if it has what you want. There's also a way to check us out there. Anyway, uh, you could also check out Branch.Potomatic.com, because after all, that is the main holding place for all our radio archives. They even have a uh, smartphone-friendly app at uh, for Google app and or Google Play and Apple app, I guess it's well, I guess it's Android and Apple. That's what it is. And so, please, folks, after you get it, I challenge you to share these programs with at least two or three other people. Remember, prayer requests can sent by United States Postal and email with your return address and and your phone number to call you back. These requests will be taken to the Wichita Mission Church, anointed with oil, prayed over and sent back to you with no solicitation for donations. We are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally, so pray about support and airtime. We are a real radio program. On another note, I want to thank our listener base in places like Bonn, Germany, Frankfurt, Germany, South Africa, Brazil, France, London, Norway, and of course cities right here in the United States like Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Portland, Oregon, San Jose, California, San Francisco, California, New York City, New York, New Orleans, Louisiana, as well as uh, town and country Florida, although I don't know if that's on the watch list tonight, but um, I'm praying for you folks over there in Florida. Anyway, as well as Wichita, Kansas, which remains our largest group of listeners to our radio program when they podcast later tonight. Now a prayer. Your Heavenly Father, in Yeshua, Hamashiach's name, I pray. Father, I first I lift up the people in Florida and all the people in Haiti that have may have been injured by the storm or could possibly. I'd ask for your hand of protection, Father, but just be with your people in Yeshua's name. You let them get through the storm. Anyway, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not ours. And please, Father, give everyone out there ears and wish to hear the truth. So please, Father, in Yeshua, Hamashiach's name, bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, we've been talking about, uh, we talked about twice previously uh, uh, with Francis Steffen. He's the founder of American Voice Radio, and he had his own program called The Frank Report. Yeah, he's been on more than twice, but for the last two times he's been on, we've been talking about America, evil empire, God's country. And so tonight I asked Frank to come back on, and we'll talk on this subject 
But maybe you just see what we can either do about the banking so, uh, situation here in America, how it really works, because I think it's a lot different than what you folks think. And maybe if there's enough time, we might get a few words to him about the election. Uh, are you there with us, Frank? I am, Dan. Well, it's glad to have you on. A big surprise to you, isn't it, though? A surprise to me to have you on? That I'm here? Oh, that you're... I'm, all, I'm always here, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're one... Yeah, that's the truth. Well, you're the producer. You have to be there. And it's this ball and chain's got me uh, being here. I can't, you know... My ankle, my ankle's chained to this desk. I can't leave, so. Do you ever have a life, Frank? This is my life, Dan. Kind of like you with the mission. I mean, you know, I mean, people don't get it when you, you know, Americans used to get this because, yeah. you know, one out of every four people who were working worked for themselves. Right. You know, and when you work for yourself, regardless of what it is, whether it's a radio network or even a homeless mission, it, it takes on a whole different element than yeah. the nine to five. You know, yeah, I worry about my job while I'm at work. I try to do a good job while I'm at work. The problems at work concern me while I'm at work. But when I go home at five o'clock, I'm done with that. With your own with your own business, mm -mm, not so. Yeah, I, I'm. It's just like radio. Boy, all of it. It's all balanced. Radio. I got on radio to help. Well, I wanted to warn people about things, but I I also mainly got on radio. I thought, well, radio. If I can warn people, it'll also gain support for the mission church. So you know, really everything revolves around the Mission Church, and you know I also keep up blogs with the news in it, and that's to gain people to my blog site that will hopefully they'll notice the Mission Church and support it. And so, um, and it's it's all the time. You know, the only time I really get off is is on the Sabbath, and then then uh, on Sundays I try to get some work done around the house. Well, that's but about that, that's about my schedule too. I take the Saturday off and. Uh... You know, my my week starts and it, and it starts slow. I can't say that Sunday's a, like a full day, but it, right, it you know right. that's when my week starts. Right, right, absolutely. Well, you know, and it's just like last night, and my hours are just ridiculous. Last night, I, it was two thirty to three o'clock when I got done last night with the things that I needed to do, and actually just went the hundred and fifty feet home to my bed to be with my wife, who was already asleep, of course. Yeah, the the not crazy one. Yeah, well, I wasn't only that. <laughs> You're going to give her that much. She's going to kill us if she's listening. But um, anyway, us? You mean you, not me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, me. You're you're too far away. To and kill plus, her. I hey, I'm telling, I'm saying she's not the crazy one. Oh, she actually I, goes to sleep at a decent <laughs> time. Yeah, well, not according to her. You know, now her job, we'll talk, and we'll get into this other in a minute, but let me say something about her job. You know, I have a huge family, and, you know, she is consistently um, running people to their errands and, and their dilemmas with grandchildren and this and that and everything. She really has a double full-time job because the mission is kind of her break from that, but she's always busy. Always, everybody has got her time. And she, you know, she may go to bed late and then not, and get up early in the morning to 
help everybody off. In fact, she gets up, goes and gives the grandkids a ride to school and my 15-year-old to school. And so, yeah, she doesn't have an easy time either. Um, no, I but, wasn't suggesting that. I was just. Oh, saying, I know. I was just trying to hope she, she's listening. And, you know, <laughs> dig you out, know, a, dig yourself I, I, out of a hole. <laughs> Is that what you're trying to do, Dan? One of my own making. Yeah. Um, anyway, but, you know, 31 years is a great time. But anyway, this nation's been around longer than that. And Frank, the people have, they're still picking up the programs that you did on, I called it America, Evil Empire, or God's Country. And you gave us some neat little tidbits in both. And um, I've been bouncing back and forth tonight what to ask you about, whether we should go into maybe the banking system or maybe the election, you know? Uh, what do you think? Well, we can start with the banking system if you want. I mean, everybody's pretty much, gosh, everybody's heard the, I mean, have we heard anything else except the election? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I just yeah. hope Hillary Clinton, I pray Hillary Clinton well, actually, what I pray for is that she's struck dead. But, I mean, you know, I, I also pray that she doesn't win. But if she's dead, she can't win. But that's besides the point. You know, yeah. but I, you know, even with that, I just wish it would be over. Right. I mean, really, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah, and what do we got? Two months left? Something like that? I don't know. Oh, uh, well. November, I think, 2nd is when we vote, right? And uh, right. so it's less than a month. Oh, yeah. It's but, awesome. of course, you know, the usurper doesn't leave the uh, White House until January, I think, 20th. And I think he's going if to, he, if Hillary isn't, he's already doing all kinds of crazy things. But what kind of insane things will he do if, if Hillary is elected is just beyond it. It is. I mean, you know, I heard your last show, and... The thing with Russia is a real is a real deal, but you know people. Um, the thing Americans need to understand is what, and and you know nobody's going to like hearing this, but this is the truth. And if well, you, sure the truth. And, and if you really read around, and I don't mean USA Today and the American papers, you've got to you're not going to find this on the uh, aggregators. You're going to have to go to your search engine, pick a term, you know Russia. Right. Uh, U.S. war, things like that, and and search and go to the second or third page of those searches, and you're going to find foreign stuff. You start right. reading that, you're going to realize the rest of the world sees who's to blame with this conflict, and it is the United States government. We Absolutely. are pushing it, we are fueling it, we are egging them on, and Russia really has no choice but to stand up and say, all right, look, you know what, we put up with your crap for long enough, and, and yeah. you know, if you go any further, that's going to be the end. And they have, they have said, look, uh, we're in Syria, they are our allies, you start bombing Syrian troops, we will shoot your airplanes down. Right. And, well, the thing, Americans generally, the, you know, I, I'm talking about the mainstream news American. You know, right. the one who gets their news from the television every night, you know, they go sit and watch a couple hours of news. And we've all done that. But, you know, some right. people exclusively get it there. And what they're, you know, thinking Ah, that washed up old used to be superpower rust bucket can't do nothing, right? Well, right. they're they're wrong. 
okay? And this is another thing you're not going to find in the, aggr the news aggregators. You're going to have to go to the Google or whatever search engine you use because I don't want to promote that necessarily. <laughs> but, you know, whatever one you, whatever one you think you get the best results from, you know, go look that up too. Go look, fifth-generation air superiority fighter, Russia. You'll find out they have theirs in the air flighting in combat missions already. Well, we can't get our F-35 to even fly. The F-22 Raptor had to be scrapped because by the time they could get the stupid thing built, it was obsolete. You know, I, I mean, we have real problems. we got an aircraft carrier, okay, that doesn't work. This thing costs about a trillion dollars so far, and it doesn't work. The catapults don't work. The radar doesn't work. The missile systems doesn't work. The boilers don't work. Oh, yeah, and there's this little problem with the ballast. You know, the thing in a boat that keeps it from tipping over? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they spent a trillion dollars on it already, and it's, it doesn't work. Nothing we build anymore works because we're so politically correct. We are going the same way as the Nazi regime. And what I mean by that is not, you know, I'm not talking about the Zieg Heil and the police jackboots and all that. No, a different aspect of the Nazi regime was internal corruption to the point, you know, like cronyism, where you don't pick the best people for positions. You pick loyal people that are loyal to you and your position and your point of view and your way of doing things. Well, people that are loyal to you aren't necessarily always the best people. Right. And that's what we have now. We have a bunch of morons doing jobs that they only have because they're loyal to the administration, but they're not necessarily good at what they do because they know they don't have to be. They just have to be loyal. So instead of working on doing their job properly, they work on being loyal, showing their loyalty. And, you know, this is why we can't build anything, why nothing works. And, and, and it's just so well, this thing with that, Russia is a real deal. And uh, really, the, you know, the 50-pound uh, overweight American stud out there who thinks that, oh, he's a tough guy and we're, we're America. You know, you better think again. You do not want to fight with Russia right now. And you certainly don't want to ch fight with the Chinese. Right. And they are their, their ally. And, and that's the point. For eight years, Obama has destroyed the military and took airplanes out of action and aircraft carriers not even fueled, so on and so forth. And, you know, I saw that in Pence's face when they asked him something about what would you do in case of no uh, you know, North Korea, and he said, first, and he had that funny look on his face, he said, first, we have to rebuild our military. And I thought I could see it in his face, exactly what you're talking about, that uh, just not wanting to openly admit it, but the American military is not ready to fight anything, I don't believe. Well, we've been, we've been fighting for what now, close to 20 years? Well, and everything's worn out. There's nothing new. Even our nuclear systems that we supposedly have still wouldn't be surprised me if they if half of them don't work. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And you know, the and then the and then the troops themselves, man, they're worn out. Man, they are worn out on war. Look, nobody nobody wants to not go to war more than a soldier. But when they when they're called to go, they go. But this has been like the never-ending war. 
Right. You know, and these guys are worn out. The equipment is worn out. You know, we are, and people are not, you know, <laughs> lining up to sign up in the military. The only people in the military these days, uh, and I'm not saying this is a 100% because there's always exceptions. There is that kid out there that's joining up because he's all red, white, and blue and was born on the 4th of July and all this other stuff, and he just wants to serve his country and protect America and all, all this other propaganda that he's been taught. You know, there are still people like that, but for the most part, even in 1979 when I went in the military, you know, in 79, half of my basic training platoon was in the, in the Army because they had a choice by a judge that they could go to prison or they could go in the Army. Mm-hmm. And nowadays, yeah. you know, it's the same thing. What are you going to do? You could either go to Dan's homeless mission and live in a cardboard box somewhere, or you could go in the military. Right. You know, there's no, right. there's no jobs. There's no, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities for an 18-year-old kid. Yeah, except live back at home or in the street. Let me throw one thing in here, and I'll let you comment on that. At least back in the Vietnam War era, and they did a war year, you know, not quite a whole year in actual war. And then that was it. They were back out. They did like a two-year thing, then they were back out. But now we have soldiers that are just going one at one time after another, after another, after another tour. That either got to physically decimate them and psychologically do something to them back to you. Well, and spiritually also, because... You know, uh, it, it's it's spiritually painful to take a life, and you know that's the people can believe that or not, but it's I can tell you it's true, and these guys do it on a daily basis. That's got to add up. Yeah, it's got to take a toll on you, and it's just you know, man, look, and you mentioned Vietnam. Okay, yeah, they had uh, their tour duty. Then they had to do some stateside duty, and then they weren't released. Well, how many Vietnam veterans had problems? Yeah. A lot had problems, okay? PTSD was, you know, made PTSD because of Vietnam veterans. You know, I mean, it just it just took, it took a bad toll on them. Well, so, okay, so that's one tour of duty. What do you think is going to happen when you're on, like, five tours of duty? You think you're going to be better off? And then what happens when you go, okay, I'm getting out of the military. Now what are you going to do? Are you going to come home to America? What kind of a man are you going to be? Right. Right. You know? I, I right. Mean, You've we, been killing for all those years. And you know what? I, uh, you know, as part of the homeless thing, you know, I, I sign up to be their um, delegated power of attorney guy that in case sometimes you have to go to the hospital, you know, and, Say, well, okay, I'll greet and let you unplug them because, you know, that's the wishes or whatever. And so it's very hard to, you sign a paper and you're basically killing the guy, even though that was his wishes and so on and so forth. And everything just says that you're supposed to do it. Still, even with that, I feel like I took a life and it still bugs me. Now, and that's, what about somebody that, you know, has to actually shoot somebody or stab? You know what I'm saying? It's just got to be in five years of it, like you're saying? What kind of person would we have? 
Well, yeah. And that's the thing, you know. I mean, we've got a real mess going on here. And now they're rattling their sabers, and they're not rattling their own sabers, okay? They're rattling our sabers. It's like, wait a minute. Okay, you know what, Obama? Why don't you send your two little darling girls when she's done twerking and smoking weed? Why don't you send her over somewhere to, uh, you know, to go fight the wars, huh? Yeah, you noticed that, huh? That's funny. You know, um, I mean, they don't send their own kids. And they didn't send their own kids in Vietnam either. The only ones that went were the ones that wanted to use it as a political ploy later, like John Kerry. Right, right, right. Thank goodness he was swift-boated, so to speak, by Jerome Kersey. Speaking of which, I haven't had on in a while. Probably need to have him back on. Well, Frank, tell them where they can find the Frank Report at, and we'll go have a little break. Well, right here on American Voice Radio Network, I am on at, uh, oh, my daytime uh, time has changed to 2 p.m. on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, and then 3 o'clock on Wednesday. I had to make some changes in the schedule. And then 8 p.m. at night is when I'm on, uh, Monday through Thursday. So, you know, I do a couple hours a day on American Voice Radio Network, which, of course, you can hear on satellite, Internet, YouTube, FedBook, um, and the phone bridge. We don't mention that much, but that that's something for people who have nothing but a landline. Yeah, a telephone. Yep. Yeah, that, and that's a cool. I used to have a bunch of people that listen that way. Um, real quick, like... Uh, you're live on YouTube now, right? Yeah, right now we are, too. Okay, folks, we'll be back in three minutes.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ranch Prophecy Hour on the American Bush Radio Network. Folks, remember to pray tonight about a donation for our work with our homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. Well, of course, the homeless are poor, but we're talking about the, the poor that come from all over the city looking for food, clothing, um, over-the-counter medications. And I'm talking about clothing for their children and stuff. So, Father, uh, so I just ask you to ask the Father uh, about it, to pray about supporting what we do. It's so hard because, you know, most people in Wichita, they donate to the agencies. They don't even, most people don't even really know that we exist. And the ones that we do, we're the weirdos down the street that support Israel and have weird holidays. And, oh, yeah, take care of the homeless and poor. But, you know, while we, we seem to get a pat on the back from a lot of people, it doesn't translate into donations, you know. It's just like, I have a lot of people that, you know, um, and I'm not complaining. I, I do prayer requests all the time. But I have a lot of people that say, oh, hey, Pastor Dan, you know, I'm expecting some money. When I get some money, then I'm going to do this. And I understand that. You know, a lot of people waiting things. But, you know, they're talking about, well, then I'm going to give a big donation. 
but it isn't just a big donation that helps. Um, it adds up. I've got one fellow, the, the fellow that helped me come up with deposits and everything to be on this radio station. He donates $25 a week every Sunday, every Sunday, $25 a week, and has since 2004. And I count on that. I can't tell you how many times that $25 has saved me, you know. And I have another person that donates $100 on Monday. Well, that gets me that gets me the gas to start the week off, you know, and, and for a few other things. Donations, no matter what size, helps, folks. And so if you can't afford, you know, a million dollars, of course you can't. Well, you know, pray about a smaller donation. It would be a blessing if you could give 100 a month. But check these things out. Pray about it. And if you don't wish to help the homeless and poor, consider a donation for radio airtime. Now, I know there's, you, I don't blame you too on that. You have so many choices of things you can listen to on YouTube and things that you can listen to on all these different podcasters, you know. But we need your help. We're a real radio program, and we need help for airtime. Airtime cost, it was due on the first, today's the sixth. We're five days past due. And so, we need a donation for radio, so pray about it, you know, and pray about it tonight. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or mail a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com. Or you, if you have to call me, you can call me at 620-878-4682. And now we're back talking with Frank Stefan. Are you still there with us, Frank? I am. I, that's You know, I, I came up with that, are you still there or are you there? Because when I first started radio, um, I had this paranoia that because there was dead silence that maybe there wasn't somebody there, <laughs> you know, because I couldn't see the people. And it just stuck. Here all these years later, I'm still saying, are you there? You know, well, it's not uh, a bad thing to do because, you know, stuff still happens. I mean, yeah. you know, anything can happen. It's a good thing to do that. There's nothing wrong with that as an introduction at all. Well, now that we know that you're still here with us, um, that was a, a great first half of the program. Uh, I really enjoyed it. But you had a commercial about the banking system there while we were out, I was listening to. Mm-hmm. And so... Isn't the banking system a nice, wonderful thing backed by gold standards and all that stuff and just so solid? What about the bank? What's fractional banking? What is what is all this about? Okay, well, fractional banking just means that uh, you only need a fraction of actual whatever uh, compared to what you're actually dealing with. Like, in other words, if I go... Um, Okay, Dan, you know, a uh, hundred bucks for that, whatever. Okay, mm-hmm. so I say, well, uh, okay, here's a hundred bucks. I'm good for it. I'll write you a check, right? Here you go. Here's a hundred bucks. And you go, okay. And and you you know you don't think about it. You go down and they put it, they deposit it, and it's in there. But you see, I wrote that hundred dollar check, mm-hmm. and I've only got twelve bucks in my account. But if I'm a fractional banker, I'm allowed to do that. I'm allowed to only use, only have a fraction of what I say I have. And that's, put it, 
put it this way. Here's a great example because this is really how this works, folks. So, you know, and I realize a lot of people are going to be defaulting on credit cards. Right. Not because they want to or because they know anything. It's because they don't have a choice. They're, they just don't have the money, and they're going to end up defaulting on credit cards. Well, don't, get, don't feel so bad. Here's why. Credit card. Well, that's kind of a deceptive name because everybody thinks that means the, the bank is giving you credit. Well, they're not. What they're doing is they're providing a financial service. They're not loaning you anything, Dan, because they don't have anything to loan. And the, and the courts have ruled a bank cannot loan credit. It can only loan its own assets. So, obviously, they're not loaning you anything. So what are they doing? Well, they're doing a financial service because what you're doing with that credit card, they've authorized you and they've given you a limit and they say, okay, uh, that card, you can go as high as 5000 five bucks, right? Right. So you go down and you see a nice refrigerator for 1000 bucks, and, uh, well, I guess it's not really a nice refrigerator anymore. <laughs> Half a decent refrigerator for 1000 bucks. So you go in there and you say, I want that, and they go, okay, we'll pack it up. And you go up to the counter and you give them your card, and what do they do? They give you something, or either an electronic pad or a piece of paper in the old days, and you got to sign it. Okay? Right. Well, what you just did with your signature is you just created an asset for that lending, so, so-called lending corporation, okay? That's what you just did. Now, you think, well, no, I didn't. I just created debt. Well, that's right, too. But you know what? Debt is an asset. See, we live in a crazy upside-down banking system here. It is called a debt-based monetary system. All those, okay, let's just stick with something simple like cash. You look at it and you go, well, uh, how many dollars you got in your pocket? I got $10. I am $10 rich. No, you're not. What those are, and they say right on them, they're Federal Reserve notes. Well, go look up what a note is. A note is a promise to pay a debt. What you're carrying around is a debt instrument. That has, that, that, that's not a value. That's evidence of a debt. But in our system, they count that as an asset. So the bank now gets your little slip of paper, your electronic thing with your signature on it for that $1,000, right? Here comes, the fra- here comes the fractional part. So they take that $1,000 of what we consider a debt, and they put it in their asset column. Okay? Right. So there's $1,000 in their asset column. But because they are part of the fractional banking system, they can now take that $1,000 and loan out again, which isn't really a loan, but they can extend, they can, right. they can issue more cards saying, okay, uh, you get a $5,000 card, you get a $5,000 card, and we're backing it up with this $1,000. And you're thinking, wait a minute, that's $10,000. How do you do that? with? Well, because, see, your average bank, and it varies, but nine times, whatever the amount is, is what they can loan out. 
because remember, fractional banking means you can you can do things with only a fraction of basically collateral, which in this case isn't really collateral at all. It's debt. They're using debt as collateral. Is that? Yeah. I mean, you know, this sounds it starts to sound crazy after a while. Well, it is crazy, but I understand it. Because you're, they're, they're basing their, their asset off of a debt that you're going to pay back, so that makes it an asset because you're supposedly going to pay the money, but then they get a loan out uh, part of that to different people. And that, no, no, not, real, not part of it. Nine times the amount of it. Nine times the amount of it. That's just insanity. Yeah. I don't see how they ever uh, – what – it just doesn't make sense. Well, this is why we're having uh, an economic collapse that nobody seems to have any answers for. The Federal Reserve doesn't know what to do, so they say, because they understand there is nothing to do. And the reason why, the fundamental reason why there's nothing they can do is the same reason Ponzi schemes are illegal. Okay, because it isn't a matter of, oh, well, we just did something wrong. No, it's the system. Nobody did anything wrong. Everybody just did what the system is, and it's come to an end. Like a Ponzi scheme. This is why Ponzi schemes are illegal, because by their design, they will fail. People will lose. Right. And that's just the way it is. It's the design of the system in a Ponzi scheme. Well, the Federal Reserve scheme is no different than a Ponzi scheme. This is my belief. This is why they really started pushing the illegal alien. Got to get them in here. Got to get as many. We don't care if they're Syrian. Get, them, get these people in here. Get the refugees in here. Why? Because just a couple of years ago, and if you think about it, Dan, and if you look back at the news, the surge in illegal immigration and then after that the refugees coincides with news stories of, oh, Hey, the average American is at their debt limit. The average American can't get any more credit. The average American is, you know, that's it. You've maxed out all your cards. They won't give you any more, and you're done using the credit system. Well, without more people, what happens to a Ponzi scheme that can't get any new people in? Oh. It falls apart. So they need new people. So what they do is they bring in, and they don't care if they're ever going to pay back anything, because you see, they never loaned you anything to begin with. You are the maker of the credit, okay? Your signature creates whatever they got. They never loaned you anything. They don't have anything to loan, okay? So they don't care if anybody pays anything back. They need people out there creating commercial paper. They need people out there with credit cards getting things and signing for them and creating wealth for them. Right. It's a, it's, yeah, it's really it. a matrix sort of thing, and I hate to use that as an example because it's been so overused, you know, the, everything's the matrix, right? But right. in this case, it really is a, a, a make-believe system that we think is real. Wow. Yeah, I didn't really look at it. I knew there was a lot of problems. I heard bits and pieces, but I never heard it. 
explained in that manner and the way, manner that you did. I really do get it. But what I don't get is who are these people that did this? I mean, you know, didn't we once have a real money system? Well, somewhat. But, you know, the banking interests in Europe have always been in charge. Well, maybe not always, but for a very, very long time. The banking interest in Europe and predominantly Germany and England. Okay, those are the two that really, you know, everybody's aware of the name Rothschild. And, and Rothschild was the banker for the King of England. That's where he got all his wealth. And, and in Germany, you know, Germany's just a, a powerful nation of producers. And, you know, they will, they, you know, they have their own, although their bank is falling apart right now. Uh, right. But, you know, and uh, we used to have, okay, how it started was, and you can actually read this in uh, a publication called Modern Money Mechanics. It's a publication put out. It was a publication put out by the Chicago, uh, the, the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. And um, you can get it online. They no longer produce the uh, printed copy, but you can get it online, Modern Money Mechanics. And it says in there how it started out was there was a time when everybody just walked around with gold and silver coins in their pockets, right? And like always, you know, people are going to have... I don't know, sell their land, sell a house, sell something expensive and a lot. So you're going to have a pile of gold, right? So you go now, okay, i got this big pile of gold. I'm out on business. I'm in a new town. I don't want to carry around this bag of gold with me, right? Right. So what they had was goldsmiths. And you could go to the goldsmith, kind of like the assay office, and you go in there and you say, hey, I got this much gold, and they dump it out on the thing, and they count it, and they give you a receipt for it, right? And then they keep the gold in there safe so you don't have to carry it around. And when you're done doing your stuff, you can come back and get it and leave. Well, what happened was people found out in the town they could go and, and okay, they drop off their gold, now they got this receipt, and they're out at the bar, right? Right. And let's say, you know, like happens at bars, you spend more money than you thought you were going to spend, Right. Right, so, right. So the few gold coins you you kept for yourself, you spent. And now you got none, but you still want to drink. So you tell the barkeep, geez, you know, how about running me a tab? He goes, no way. I don't know you. You're a stranger. Well, hey, how about I got this receipt. I got the money. I'm good for it. Look, I got this receipt from your local goldsmith here that I got this much gold in his possession over there. So, you know, come on. So what happens is the bartender ends up saying, okay, fine, give me that receipt, I'll write you a receipt, and I'll minus whatever you owe me, and then you can take that to your, uh, the goldsmith, and I'll have a receipt to the goldsmith for what you owe me. Fine, right. done deal. Well, that's how currency began to be traded. Well, it didn't take very long, and this is how fractional banking started, way, way back then. Because the goldsmiths, pretty smart people, they see what's going on, they get all these receipts that they didn't write, and they know what's happening. Okay, I see, you're taking the paper, and you're going out, and you're buying things on, on that. So what they know is that everybody's figuring out, hey, man, this is easy. This is a lot easier than every time I want to buy something, i got to go down to the goldsmith, get a piece of gold, 
you know, and then go back to where I wanted to buy the thing, right? right Why don't right. I just write the guy a receipt where I'm at, and, uh, you know, I got this gold sitting here. So the goldsmiths realize what's going on because more and more people are writing, you know, receipt after receipt. Nobody's really getting their, nobody's coming to get their gold anymore, right? Less and less people are coming in to physically get their gold. So the goldsmiths realize, man, you know what? I can write receipts too. I'm the goldsmith. Let's right. see, I got 100 pounds of gold here. But I know only about maybe 30% of the people are going to actually want their gold. So that leaves me 70 pounds of gold that nobody's really going to ever want. Well, I can write receipts to go buy stuff I want. I'll just write a receipt and say, yeah, I got the gold right here. Here's the receipt. So they write the receipt, they get the thing. And what does the guy who got the receipt do? Well, he wants something from somebody else, so he writes another receipt. He never goes gets the gold either, right? Right. So here's the goldsmiths realizing, hey, man, I can, I can create money out of nothing, and I can go get stuff for free just by writing it down and saying, hey, sure, you can have the gold. Well, what ends up happening is they, <laughs> one, you know, something happens eventually where people go, oh, holy smokes, I'm getting worried. Things are looking rough. Either there's a war coming or whatever, right? I'm going to have to right. go get my gold now, right? I'm going to have to have it on me. Right. Well, so they go to the goldsmith, and uh, he ain't got all the gold. He doesn't have enough gold to cover all the receipts. That's what's happening to us now without, they just took gold out of the whole thing. Because, see, our government did exactly the same thing. They had more currency. They had more notes floating around than they had gold to cover it. Right. So they just said, oh, we're having an emergency. Gold's illegal. Give it up, and uh, you can't have it anymore, and uh, this is as good as gold. And now we just have fiat currency, which doesn't mean fake or phony or anything. It just means by government decree, okay? They just said it's worth something, so we use it as currency. It isn't actually worth anything, and the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago says so. They say that... Uh, a, a Federal Reserve note has no intrinsic value. The value of a Federal Reserve note is based on the people's confidence that they can go out and get goods and services with it. That's what, hmm. the, that's what is in modern money mechanics out of the publication from the Federal Reserve Bank well, of Chicago. That, that's real interesting. So when America, so it's all about creating debt. And then America gets in a bad place, and we we sell off debt to other countries. Can't they? I mean, couldn't they really realistically? Uh, is there an instrument for them to say, "Okay, I call you on the debt"? Well, sure. But you see, everybody in the game knows the game. They know nobody's got anything backing up anything. You know, right. and, and so. They would. The reason nobody's done that is because they want to keep playing the game because they're benefited from it too. You know, the Chinese are doing exactly what the Federal Reserve are doing. So are the Japanese. So are the Germans. So is everyone everywhere. And the reason why is because anybody anywhere who has tried to say, you know, we need to get a new currency that is gold-based. Gee, let's see. The last guy who... Uh, was actually doing that was a guy named Muammar Gaddafi. Hey, what happened to him? 
He's, just, he's dead. He's <laughs> dead, and his whole country is in rubble. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah they took him out. He won, He, you know, he actually even said he would negotiate a surrender, and Hillary ignored it and allowed him. Had him, you know, he got killed because of it. Yep. And what was Libya doing? I mean, what was really Libya doing? They weren't doing anything of a military nature. But what Gaddafi was doing was creating a currency, and he said, for North Africa, because that's where Libya is. Okay, we right. call it the Middle right. East, but it's actually North Africa. And uh, he was going to do a currency for North Africa. It was going to be gold-based. And you see, that is something that the paper money people cannot tolerate. Right. I get it now. You know, they can't. I mean... Because it would put them out of business. And, and you know, people wonder sure. about Kennedy and Reagan and all that. Well, both of them, and, and Lincoln. See, all three of them have one thing in common. Now, we can say, yeah, well, you know, uh, Kennedy was going after the mob, and Kennedy was doing this, and Reagan did that, and Lincoln, you know, made everybody mad over the Civil War. And, yeah, okay, and maybe all those were factors, too. But the thing is, all three of them were shot. All three of them had only one thing in common. Now, they had other reasons you could point to, you know, to shoot either any of them, but they all right. had one thing in common, and that was U.S. notes. See, U.S. notes are also uh, fiat currency, mm -hmm. but instead of being a Federal Reserve note, it's a U.S. note, and the difference between them is a Federal Reserve note has interest attached to it. The U.S. note has no interest attached to it. So let me ask you something, Dan. If you're going to borrow money, would you be more apt to go? You've got two stores, and one store says, hey, we'll loan you money uh, at only 10% interest. And the other store goes, hey, we'll loan you money at no interest. $10 fee, no interest. Which one are you going to borrow money from? Well, duh. Yeah. No interest. Guess what? Any president who does that has to die because the Federal Reserve cannot tolerate that because they would be put out of business in a direct competition like that. Because they, you can, what? That's like me saying, okay, I got a store where everything's free. How is any other store that's charging even a dollar for stuff going to compete with me? Right. You can't, and that Federal Reserve realizes that. And Lincoln used U.S. notes to fund the Civil War. Kennedy issued U.S. notes because he was going to start doing that. And Reagan talked about issuing U.S. notes. So that's the thing they have in common. The bankers wow. are killers. You see, when Donald Trump, in the very first debate, when they were ragging on him about how he, uh, you know, how he didn't pay back some loans, right? He defaulted on them. He went bankrupt. His company went bankrupt. Right, right. He didn't pay the loans. Ah, you dirty rotten. Blah, blah, blah. He, he said, oh, give me a break. These people are killers. He said, yeah. these people are killers. He was talking about the bankers. And he's right. They right. are killers. They have killed three of our presidents at least. Wow. Well, hey, Frank, we come to the end of the program again. Uh, thanks for being on with me, and we can see your pro hear your program when? Uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, 3 p.m. on Wednesdays, and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday. 
All right. Well, uh, it was a really good program, very educational, but we got to go. So Thanks, I'll Sam. talk to you later, Frank. All right. Be blessed. Folks, uh, pray, pray, pray about a, uh, support for either radio or the Wichita Mission Church. Remember, always, always, always be a blessing to others. Pray for, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's like praying for Messiah's return. And remember, there is only one God. He is your father. He's a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Lord our God, Father, King of the universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that Father, that you would bless and keep them, and that your face would shine upon them, and that you would please be gracious to them, and give them peace like no one or nothing else can. Until next Thursday, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas. 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Food prices going up, homes being foreclosed, unemployment insurance running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call 316-619-4886 Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
Oops. <clears throat> Somehow, excuse me, folks, my mic got turned down, so I am going to back up here. Um, <clears throat> let's see, where was I at? Okay. I, um, I'm going to pick it up after the shofar. So did you hear that sound of the shofar? Heed the warning. Get right now before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. If you need help after this program, call me. I'll pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. And an emergency. My cell phone number is 316-619-4886. First thing I'm going to mention real quickly, though, folks, is, you know, I'd like to answer your phone calls back, but sometimes, you know, we ended up having to delete a whole bunch of phone calls because we had somebody that talking to me, I guess it was about Brother Stare or something, saying he was part of Messiah's branch. I don't know, but he rambled on and on and on and on. I had like eight or nine messages on my cell phone number, which I tell you is for emergencies, and then on over on the uh, uh, computer, or not computer, on my main phone, um, the same kind of thing. And, brother, if you're out there and you really need to talk to me about something, whether it's stir or anything else, send me, for you specifically, send me an email. Give me a brief what it's about. I'll call you back. But don't leave two hours worth of messages on my cell phone. And that hurts it for other people because when I deleted messages, I deleted all the messages. And I'm afraid I might have deleted some other people's messages. But if you've got that kind of an attitude, don't do it. Send me an email. Send me your phone number. I'll call you back. We'll talk about what you want to. Remember, this is for prayer requests. And, you know, I can give a little bit of advice, but don't hit me with big rambling scenarios that I can't tell what you're even talking about. Anyway, you can always find updates with the Breaking News, our ministry, radio program archives, our email address, and our mailing address, which and our mailing address, which is at our blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com. And for you folks that just want audios, like scroll down and to see everything, um, I'm telling you this specifically to our uh, audience out there that listens on your cell phone, <clears throat> try MessiahsBranch.com. In fact, all of you ought to try it out, MessiahsBranch.com. And we also, uh, yeah, anyway, we'll talk about something else in a minute. But anyway, check out MessiahsBranch at uh, Branch.automatic.com, and they're smartphone-friendly. In fact, um, all of these are. And at Branch.automatic.com, they have an iPhone app and an Android app. And I challenge you to share these programs with at least two or three other people. Yes, I'm working on an app just for us, but I need somebody to help me with it. It'd be nice, but as normal, um, I've been doing this for I don't know how many years, uh, radio and basics since 2000. I've been on AVR since about 2004, and I technically do most of this stuff by myself. My son does help me with some recording and making pictures, but it's a lot of work for one person, especially one that has a full-time ministry. Or church. Okay. Remember, prayer requests can be sent by United States Postal Service an email with your return address and your phone number to call you back. These requests will be taken to the Wichita Mission Church, anointed with oil, prayed over, and sent back to you at your request with no solicitations or donations. And we have a prayer request form that's right on the right side of Prophecy Hour and MessiahsBranch.com. So if you don't want to send an email, you can just type it in there and send me your phone number, and bang, nobody else will see it, and I'll call you back. Now remember, 
We are a national satellite radio program, which is simulcast live on the net internationally. So pray about supporting airtime. And I noticed some of the guys on YouTube said, well, I don't need all those intros and things. Well, I'm sorry, we're a radio program. We're not, we're, it's a podcast second. It's something that's get on live radio and then this goes, I podcast it for your benefit so you can hear it on the internet. Even though while it is out on satellite, it is going over the internet right now internationally. But the point of the matter is, it's a radio program. It is not just me up here talking. So anyway, on another note, let's thank our listener bases in places like Germany, Brazil, France, London, UK, Oslo, Norway, Denver, Colorado, Oklahoma City, places all over Texas, Toledo, Ohio, New Orleans, Louisiana. And yes, I haven't changed that list in weeks, but it sure does change. Um, there's a lot of new people, and of course, our old people right there in Wichita, Kansas, which remains the largest group of listeners to our radio programs, at least when they go to podcasts later tonight. And that's just on one podcast site. There's, uh, I, we're picked up all over the place. YouTube, we're picked up on iTunes, we're picked up on Stitcher, and a new one that I'll give you the name of after break later on tonight. So now a prayer. And we'll bring on, and we'll get on with tonight's program. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua Hamashiach's name, we pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will, Father. And give everyone out there with ears to hear the truth. And Father, just lift the veil from them in Yeshua Hamashiach's name. Amen and amen. Well, I'm going to start this program off with a with a very popular uh, song that I usually play when I'm doing the, the program, but we are going to mix it up later with some other songs from this album. But this this song really is my heart, and I think you need to hear it. It comes from the 90s. Let's hear it now. The message.
any, if you hear that it's Hillary Clinton, it's war. That's what they believe. Um, now, this is this just talk? We have, I have this now um, to let you decide that. I don't believe Putin is just talking. We have this now. I believe they are scared of, of Hillary starting a war. The U.S. suspended contact with Russia over Syria on Monday. Secretary of State John Kerry has been enraged by airstrikes on rebel-controlled arrows on Apollo. Two uh, tabloid, uh, Mirovsky Kosomolets, well, that's a hard one, it's a Russian name, but it's a tabloid in Russia, predicts a direct military confirmation on par with the Cuban Missile Crisis. It states, just imagine that the U.S. does not does what it has wanted to do for a long time and strike against Assad, not by mistake, but on purpose and openly. Assad? Well, Assad is Russian's ally. Would he not defend him? I mean, come on, really. They, he, that's what the war is all about. Assad would already been overthrown had it been for Russian's intervention, but he's intervening because that's his ally. Isn't that what allies are supposed to do? I'm not judging either one of them. I'm not judging Russia on whether they're an evil place, and I'm not judging Assad on whether he's evil. But I'm telling you, that's what people do when they're allies. They protect each other. They stand up for each other. He says that he will and continually will defend um, Assad, and he warns the USA. Well, Kerry may be backtracking on on not talking to Russia, because remember that uh, earlier this week, um, he said he broke off contact with Russia, said, oh, we are now basically saying we're in a state of war. I'm not going to talk to Russia. Kerry may be backtracking on it again. Russia is evacuating more than 40 million people in drills to prepare for nuclear war after Putin's Secretary of Ministry of Defense warned of schizophrenics from America sharpening atomic weapons for Moscow. Now, 40 million people, that's a lot of people. As a bluff, would you think that they would, you know, involve that many people? Would they do that? Would America do it? And at what cost? I'm talking monetary cost. And Russia doesn't have a lot of extra money. Citizens have been told a war with the West could be imminent. And Kremlin officials have said underground shelters have been built to house 12 million people. Um, the massive evacuation drill started yesterday, and there will be, it will last at least three days. The Ministry of the Russian Federation for Civil Defense, Emergencies, and Elimination of Consequences of National Disaster Spokesman said, well, that's a long title, isn't it? Russian Federation for Civil Defense, Emergencies, and the Elimination of Consequences of Natural Disasters. That's a big title. Anyway, the three-stage, uh, three four-day drill involves more than 40 million people, more than 200,000 specialists of rescue units based in regions, organizations, and, and enterprises, as well as some 50,000 units of equipment. Management bodies and forces of the emergency ministries, territorial bodies have been put on a simulated high alert. Representatives of federal executive authorities, heads of regions, local governments, and organizations are taking part in this massive drill. Emergency ministry forces and facilities are fully engaged, including in rescue military, uh, rescue military divisions, rescue units, paramilitary mine 
rescue units and state small vessels inspectorate, fire departments, and aircraft. And of course, I'm quoting from a newspaper article, but that's a huge, huge thing. Russia currently has the largest stockpile of nuclear weapons with 8,400 and a section of its nuclear doctrine, which allows for use of the weapons if there is a vague suggestion of a threat. America has 7,500 uh, warheads, considerably less. And let alone, we don't have the launch codes just right there, okay? Um, could this be a bluff? I really don't think so. I believe, however, that Putin does not really want to bring on nuclear war. Again, Vladimir Putin has ordered every city in Russia to take part in an urgent civil defense drill starting today. Forty million people, almost a third of the country, will take part in that exercise. Fair Russians and citizens from an imminent, imminent nuclear bombardment. Now, wow. Russian intelligence sources believe an attack is more likely than it has been in decades. Government and media have been warning the people um, to prepare for nuclear Armageddon after the U.S. explosively announced that it was cutting ties with Russia regarding the Syrian war. Military and strategic experts have been warning that the Syrian conflict, far from being an isolated civil war, is actually a World War III powder keg waiting to combust. All of the world's major powers are now active in Syria, with tensions at an all-time high and American rhetoric sending shivers down Russian spines. Putin is determined to protect his people at all costs. Russian President Vladimir Putin on Monday proposed a law suspending a Moscow-Washington <laughs> agreement to dispose of a weapons-grade plutonium. And folks, if you hear a coughing in the background, that's because I guess my son's coming down with a cold and he's over there recording the program. Um, maybe we'll get him something for that uh, before the next program comes up. Anyway, hydrogen bombs could destroy most civilian buildings in a 10-mile radius based on a 20-megaton weapon exploding 3.3 miles above the ground. According to calculations in physics and, and nuclear arms today, the effects on people nearby would even be more frightening, with a blast killing thousands of or millions of people instantly. And that's a fact, folks. Um, and after that, you would have a following of, of how many people would die from radioactive poisoning from fallout after the initial blast. This is just not good, you know. Witnesses of the Hiroshima attack said that people near the center of the blast vanished. Of thousands of others near the central explosion, there was no trace. They just vanished. The theory in Hiroshima is that the atomic heat was so great that they burned instantly to ashes, and there were no more ashes, except that there were no more ashes. I mean, that's how hot it is. And are we prepared for that? I really don't think so. With only six months to go, in the Oval Office, President Obama is completing, com, contemplating a fundamental change to U.S. national security policy, a declaration of a no first use regarding nuclear weapons. This is crazy. Another uh, stupid idea of tell your enemies what you would do or not do, but unilaterally taking the first strike option off the table would significantly lower the security of the U.S. and its allies. 
Well, folks, we need to go to a break, and we'll come back and talk about this some more. But uh, prophecyhour.com, go to prophecyhour.com, messiahsbranch.com, go check them out. And uh, we'll come back in three minutes after a break. Nine four eight eight. 
This is Pastor Dan Catlin. You're listening to Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour and American Voice Radio Network. Well, folks, we're going to skip right now a commercial for the homeless and poor. Don't forget about it. We'll put a talk, talk in about it a little bit later. But right now, I want to play another song for you because being on holy ground is where we have to be at to be protected in this terrible time that's coming. Let's share a song. with the Father. Are you following the walk that you need to walk? That's what you need to do. If you're not on a narrow path and you're on a wide path of the world, you're not going to be safe in anything. He would save you in the fire without burning, just as he saved Eshach, Meshach, and Abednego. That is how he would save you in this time, not by migrating to another country unless he verbally spoke to you as he did to this other man by the name of Dimitri Dudeman. But we'll get to that. First, the U.S. maintains a nuclear force not to blow up the world, but to keep the world from plunging into a ruinous global war. One of its main purposes is deterrence. You got that, folks? Deterrence. For this reason, the no first use is just craziness. We've used our nuclear weapons with success every day since the dawn of nuclear wage. No other weapon has had such a track record. The people over there are afraid of us. Ultimately, because why? We have the largest nuclear force in the world. And so 
having a strong force keeps us from having to use them. To declare that the United States would retaliate with nukes only if attacked with nuclear weapons is to ignore a spectrum of crippling scenarios and, and adversities that would just be crazy if the policy was implemented. Conventional weapons simply do not have the same deterrent effect as nukes. In fact, this was painfully demonstrated throughout the 20th century. Our adversaries must know that we reserve a nuclear option to deal with the intimate attack of any kind of catastrophic attack, nuclear or otherwise. Advocates of a no-use policy betray a lack of appreciation for the history of warfare. We cannot know whether the U.S. will find itself in a situation where we need to do it or not, so saying we won't do it is just nuts. Russia, however, ever has issued a new military doctrine whose main innovation was the concept of de-escalation. The idea is that if Russia was faced with a large-scale conventional attack that exceeded its capacity for defense, it might respond with a, nuclear, uh, with a limited nuclear defense. In other words, um, if they thought they were losing a battle, they reserved the right to use nuclear weapons without, you know, on a first strike. Well, wow. And what about America? Um, we're sitting here talking about how the Russians could put their population underground, but if they put their population underground, do you see our shelters anywhere? You're many you folks back in the sixties when you was going to school and early maybe early seventies seen those radioactive signs over all the school buildings and different places place to go in for a fallout shelter. I mean, you know, it had uh, crackers and cheese in it and all kinds of things. Because I remember going down the basement and seeing them at our school. Where's it at? Before the program, I looked up civil defense. And while there's all kinds of rhetoric, and they, they claim that we're prepared. Yeah, you know how they claim that we're prepared? Because there's a whole bunch of preppers out there. Um, there's people out there that are prepared. So if we were attacked by a nuclear weapon, we would survive because the American people are prepared. Okay, how many of you folks are prepared for that? Or how many of you folks even know somebody that is vaguely prepared for it? And I'm not talking about some prepper you talk to online. I mean, personally, within your church, within your school, are you prepared? No, you're not. Most people are not. They think nuclear well, oh, that's never going to happen, right? Well, I don't know what to say about that. Um, I really do believe that we're in dire trouble. We're in dire trouble, folks. Um, if you can't see it, you, you just have to see it. And here's the point. If we were to believe this prophet by the name of Dimitri Dudeman, here's what we would come up with. Dimitri Dudeman was a man that used to smuggle Bibles into Romania. He was strongly persecuted and put in jail and prison for it. And um, he was finally exiled to America. And when he, once he was in America, God gave Dimitri Dudeman a message. I'm going to try to read this message before it is time, uh, before we burn out on this program. But the first thing is, he, uh, the, it, this angel called America Mystery Babylon, and, and Dimitri replied to him, well, how, why? And, and the angel told him, he said, tell them, because all the nations of the world immigrated to America with their own gods, and they were not stopped. Encouraged by the freedom here, 
and the wickedness began to increase. Later on, even though America was established as a Christian nation, the American people began to follow strange gods and the immigrants that brought them in and also turned their backs on the God who had built and prospered in this country. Now, you can go to handtohelp.com, that's handtohelp.com, and look up Dimitri Dudeman's prophecies and see what it says. But I'm going to read you one of the messages. It is public information. Here is the beginning of the message for America, September 1984. Late one night, I could not sleep. The children were sleeping on the luggage. My wife and daughter were crying, and I went outside and walked around. I didn't want them to see me cry. This is Dimitri Dudeman talking. I walked around the building crying, saying, God, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me to this country? I can't understand anybody. And if I try to ask anybody, all I hear is, I don't know. I, he must have been in California. That reminds me of my trip to California. Nobody knew directions or anything. Anyway, I stopped in front of an apartment building and sat on a large rock. Suddenly, a bright light came towards me, and I jumped to my feet because it looked as if it was a car coming directly at me, attempting to run me down. I thought the Romanian secret police had tracked me to America, and now they were trying to kill me. But it wasn't a car at all. As the light approached, it surrounded me. From the light, I heard the same voice I heard so many times in prison. Now, this same voice helped him in prison, and in some parts of his prophecy, it calls it an angel. He said, Dimitri, why are you so despaired? I said, why did you punish me? Why did you bring me to this country? I have nowhere to lay my head. I don't understand anybody, he said. And so the, he said, Dimitri, I didn't tell you I am here. With, didn't I tell you I'm here with you also? I brought you to this country because this country will burn. I said to him, why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you let me die in my own country? You should have let me die in that jail in Romania. He said, Dimitri, I ha have patience so I can tell you. Get on this. I got on something next to me. I don't know what it was. I also know that I was not asleep. It was not like a dream. It was not a vision. I was awake just as I am now. I know this feeling. I had a dream vision like this, or it, I call it maybe an open vision. We'll talk about that at another day. He showed me all of California and said, this is Sodom and Gomorrah. All of this in one day will burn. Its sin has reached the Holy One. Then he took me to Las Vegas. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it'll burn. Then he showed me the state of New York. Do you know what this is, he asked? I said, no. He said, this is New York. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. Then he showed me all of Florida. This is Florida, he said. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. In one day, it will burn. And then he took me back to the rock where we had begun. In one day, it will burn. All this I have shown you, I and I said, how will it burn? And he said, remember what I am telling you, because you will go on television and the radio and in churches. You must yell with a loud voice. Do not be afraid, because I will be with you. How will I be able to go? Who knows me here in America? I don't know anybody here, he said. Don't worry yourself. I will go before you. I will do a lot of healing in the American churches, and I will open doors for you. But do not say anything else besides what I tell you. This country will burn. Well, Dimitri says, well, what will you do with the church? He's, the voice said, I want to save the church, but the churches have forsaken me. 
I said, how have they forsaken you? He said, the people praise themselves. The honor that the people are supposed to give you Jesus Christ, they take upon themselves. In the churches, there are no divorces. There is adultery in churches. There are homosexuals in the churches. There is abortion in the churches and all the other sins that are possible. Because of all the sin, I have left some of the churches. You must yell with a loud voice. They must put an end to their sinning. They must turn towards the Lord. The Lord never gets tired of forgiving. They must draw close to the Lord and live a clean life. If they have sinned until now, they must put an end to it. Remember, beyond holy ground. Start a new life as the Bible tells them to live. And Dimitri says to him, he says, how will America burn? America is the most powerful country in the world. Why did you bring me here to burn? Why didn't you just let us all die where all Dudemans have died? He said, remember this, Dudeman. The Russian spies have discovered where the nuclear warehouses are in America. When the Americans think there is peace and safety, excuse me, when Americans think there is peace and safety, from the middle of the country, some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the ocean, from Cuba, Nicaragua, and Mexico. And he told Dimitri Dudem in several other countries, but he couldn't remember what they were. He said they will bomb nuclear warehouses. When they explode, America will burn. Well, what will you do with the Church of the Lord? How will you save the ones that will turn towards you? I asked. And he said, tell them this, how I saved the three young ones from the furnace of fire, how I saved Daniel and the lion's den. This is the way I will save them. The angel of the Lord also told me, I have blessed this country because of the Jewish people who are in this country. I have seven million Jews in this country, but they did not want to recognize the Lord. They didn't want to thank God for the blessing they received in this country. Israel doesn't want to recognize Jesus Christ. They put their faith in the, faith in the Jewish people in America. This is key, folks. They put their faith in America. America has always been a protecting the Jews. But when America burns, the Lord will raise China, Japan, and other nations to go up against the Russians. They will beat the Russians and put them all the way back to the gates of Paris. Over there, they will make a treaty and appoint the Russians their leaders, and they will unite against Israel. Excuse me. When Israel realizes that she does not have the strength of America behind her, she will be frightened. Then she will turn to Messiah for deliverance. That's when Messiah will come. Then the church will meet Yeshua in the air, and he will bring them back to the Mount of Olives. At that time, the battle of Armageddon would be fought. And I believe also that Babylon looks like that. You know, the destruction of mystery Babylon looks like that happens, according to the word, right before the battle of Armageddon. We can talk about that in another program. Then I heard all this. If you're truly the angel of the Lord, you have told me is true, then it must be written in the Bible. Right. He said, tell everyone to read from Jeremiah 51, 8 to 15, Revelation chapter 18, and Zechariah chapter 14, where Christ fights against those who possess the earth. After this victory, the angel said there will be, no, there will be one flock and one shepherd. There will be no need for light. The Lamb of God will be the light. There will be no sickness, no tears, no death. There will only be eternal joy, and God will be their ruler. There will only be one language only one song, and no need for a translator. And Dimitri, he continued a word of warning. If you keep anything from the American people, what you're told, I will punish you severely. 
how will I know that this is for real? What it and it will really happen as a sign that I've spoken to you tomorrow. Anyway, he gave Dimitri a sign, and that sign came true. Now, this is experted from the book called Through the Fire Without Burning. Yes, Dimitri Duderman did uh, pass away, and he has been passed away for uh, some time now. But the point of the matter is, is the, is the prophecy still valid? Is America Babylon? Um, you should read his testimony before making judgment. But, folks, even if America is not Babylon, we have a real problem here in America. And it is just what it, what that angel said. It was like what, what was said. We've let all these other gods come into this country. Christianity has been corrupted by letting so much compromise and various things in, into the country. And then they turn around where the, the Christian church used to take care of the poor. They allow the government to do it. And so now the poor is not even being taken care of. We let all of these craziness into our country. Is this this time? Is this all true? I can tell you one thing, that my heart is deeply troubled and that I love you and that I wish that we would all be safe. But I pray so strongly, I pray that um, this that maybe this isn't true or that maybe um, if it is indeed true, then we're going to get cut a break. And that break could be Trump. Maybe the Father will allow us. If you know, He says that He would heal wounds if we if we pray. So what I'm saying is, we need to pray, but we need to take action because prayers without faith is dead. Being alone, faith without prayers is dead. Being alone, and so you have to have action. You know, you have to have action. You have to get up off the couch and do something. In this instance, I really believe that you need to get out and vote. You need to convince others to vote. Your vote matters. It dearly matters, folks, because um, we don't want this evil thing. Even if no destruction was going to come to the country, the destruction will come within. If we get Hillary as president, Hillary is a person that says an hour away from birth, a child can be killed as an abortion, an hour away from birth. That's murder, and it's been going on and on. You think the blood of those innocents aren't crying out from the father and from the ground? And what man, what kind of country do you want to give your children if, if we do go on? Personally, I think we are in that time at the end, and we need to be ready. And to be ready, we need to be righteous. That doesn't mean digging a hole in the ground and hiding. And some people, well, they may be told to do that, but I wasn't told to do that. I was told to feed the people. I was told, kept up all night long to take care of the people, and this is something that I do. Even though, at great despair to my family, we put the mission church first and we make sure the people are ahead, even though we go without over and over and over. And I'm not complaining. I'm just only happy to serve a God that helped me, that saved me from being an evil person because I was one of the worst of the worst. I was an outlaw biker, and I was one of the worst of the worst. What a bad guy like you've seen in the program. If that was a goal in life that I wanted to achieve, it was a false promise from the devil. But I still pursued it until I got to the top of that food chain, so to speak. I spent thousands of dollars a day. Yeah, I was a criminal. Get it? Outlaw biker, criminal. But he saved me. That person is dead. He is no longer here. 
He told me he had use of me the way that I was, meaning my looks. Because I said, what do you want me to do? Wear a suit and tie. What do you want me to do? He said, I have use of you as you are. Shut me up all night and told me to take care of the mission, to create the mission church. And that's what we've been faithfully doing, even though we get along with nothing. People are so quick to donate to agencies and all those things. But, folks, you need to directly be able to give it to the people. And so tonight I am asking you for a donation. We need your help. And we also need your help for radio. You enjoy these, or enjoy, well, do you take these warning messages? Right now, we're behind in radio airtime. I need money for radio airtime. I don't have it. We are past due. It's the 6th. It was due on the 1st. You get the picture? I need $300 to pay radio today. And I, and, uh, I pray that that fellow sent that equipment that he said he would sin because I need that new board. I need that new board and the laptop and the the microphone that he said he would send. And we need a camera because we're trying to go on video. It's hard to keep up with all these other guys that got tons of money because they can spend their money on just on, on what they're doing. And they sell books and tapes. I don't have time to write a book. I don't have time to, to, to do tapes right now. I have no way to do it. I have no way to sell those things. I don't sell anything. We serve the fodder. We don't sell anything. So we need your help. You know, I have one person who keeps telling me, well, when I do this, I'm going to give you some money. Well, you don't realize that even 10 or $20 a week would be a huge help. It doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. If everybody had send $100 a month, it would change things. We need help to get food and clothing and over-the-counter medications, or if you like radio, we need money to pay radio airtime. And there's some ways that we can expand, but we can't do it without funding. We need your help. You heard my wife cry on radio over bills. A few people came forward and helped, but we need your help. We really do need your help, folks. You need to consider it. If you're being blessed by this program, um, help us, please. You know, any size of donation will help. And the father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. Now, you know, there is another place that we set up. Uh, I tried it yesterday that you can make pledges. And it's at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Messiah's Branch. That's that's. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Messiah's Branch. That's a good way if you want to pledge some money every month. But if you're going to make a one-time donation or make it tonight, please do it with PayPal. We do really need your help. I need to get Radio Airpime paid tonight, today, yesterday. It needs to be paid. I need $300 for that. And, folks, there's a few other things that we need money for. We, uh, uh, we're we faced with a lot of bills, but we keep on going. We keep on going. What are we doing? We're doing the gospel, just like Yeshua did among the poor people. We're helping the poor. We're in one of the worst parts of, the, of town, and we are helping the poor. We are ministering to them, and we need your help. We really do. We need King James Large Print Bibles, folks. You, we need those things. We need them. Pray about a sacrificial donation. 
You know, I know in my heart of hearts, there's some ministries that listen to this radio program that have thousands and thousands of dollars. You know, they could. Uh, there's lots of people that could make an offering that wouldn't hurt them one little bit, and they would hardly even notice it, but we would sure notice it. And it goes back to that. You know, even 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or $100 monthly or weekly would help dramatically. Don't wait till you get rich. I've had so many people tell me, we're going to donate a lot of money to you when this settlement comes in or I get this or I get that. And, you know, later on, usually they get the settlement and you know what happens, we never get any money. But I have faith. I have strong faith, and I'm a, faith is an action word. I get up and move. Even if I haven't got the money for gas to pay for my tank of gas to get back from Wichita, it's still I go because I was appointed to go, and I was told to go, and I'm obedient to go. And so that's where it's all about, being obedient. And I do it because I serve Yeshua and his Father by serving the people. And that's the way that it should be. You serve others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. Then love thy neighbor as thyself. These are the greatest commandments in the Torah. They're not the only commandments, but they're the greatest. Everything is really based on these two. If you love God, you're going to be obedient and obeying. And if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're going to help him. You're going to lift him up. So pray about a sacrificial donation today. And I know all you people, there are so many of you skeptical people out there that, oh, well, it's time to turn off the program. You know, pray about it. Do something about it. And in your own neighborhood, do something about it. And make sure that you get this warning message out to everybody because it's a dire time, folks. It's a very dire time. If we, I believe that Putin would hold off from a nuclear strike, I pray that he would at least until the election happens. If Hillary gets elected, I'm with Putin. I believe that it's all over with. And if it is all over with, then your only thing that's going to save you people is like holy ground, and that's being on righteous ground and doing the right things, not the wrong things. And then where will all that money that you stored up save you? It won't. I love you, folks. We must remember there is only one God. He is your father. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for our repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Get that, three days and three nights, not a day and a half and a little while, three days and three nights. That's what it is in the heart of the earth. And through him and only through him is the way to the Father. Remember, we're in the ten awesome days, you know, countdown to the Day of Atonement. Are you right before your father? Have you accepted the blood of Yeshua? Does he rule your life? Pray about it and get on your knees and on your face. Lord our God, Father, King Universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name that the Father blesses and keeps you, and his face shines upon you and is gracious to you and gives you peace like no one or nothing else can. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. Just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 668. 668- 
1-800-285-1851. Tune in next time for the Messiah's Branch. Check them out at naturelogic.com. 
you will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. lighter and better note, we've had plenty of requests to bring you back. 
And my buddy Steve O'Brien has been instrumental because he's very interested in your products. And he's talked to some people out in Fredericksburg, Texas. Uh, you being an old Texas boy, I know you know where all that's at. Um, they want to have... Oh, fabulous. They, uh, are you going down because they're setting up a distributorship? <laughs> no, um, actually, I'm coming down to a family reunion, uh, Dr. Krupa. Well, how fabulous. Uh, well, I hope I get to see you when you're in town, my friend. But I'm anyway, uh, uh, Steve said that there's uh, a few places that want to carry your products, and they have a lot of questions, and Steve had to go on an emergency call, but if he gets a chance, he's going to call in. But he said a, a, one big thing is everybody out there in that Fredericksburg area that he talks to wants to use your your products, but they don't know where to start. They're interested on like what we talked about a little bit last time, if it's kibble, add water, and you have a lot more food, uh, let it absorb it back in before you feed them like I'm doing now. And uh, they, they're wondering about uh, if, if it's a cat or a dog, what kind of feeding cycle. Now, cats are kind of particular. Hopefully, you can help with that. My cats, I have an automatic thing that I fill up, and they eat whenever they want. Plus, I give them wet food uh, at least once a day. Uh, and they're very, cats are very finicky. They're, they're the most difficult creature to figure out. But um, they had questions about how to feed them. Uh, what the distributors should set up in these stores, like what kind of product, how much they need, what you recommend. And uh, I don't know if a lot of that comes from your distributor or your reps, but they're hoping we'll talk about it tonight. So with that, my friend, um, I guess if you want to tackle what the stores would set up first uh, or whatever you think is most important, let's go with it. Well, you had mentioned uh, where can folks out in Fredericksburg get the food. Uh, we will certainly send a representative to Fredericksburg to visit stores that might uh, be willing to carry it for the uh, folk, your listeners out there. Uh, but until that happens, uh, it's very easy to get our products online at places like Chewy.com, PetFlow.com, Pet360.com, even Amazon you can get our food. Uh, by just going to those sites and searching for Nature's Logic, and all the products should come up. Well, that's fabulous. Uh, one of their big concerns was when the stores do start carrying your products, was what should they carry and how much, and how much should people buy when they come in when they're first starting out? Mm -hmm. Well, we, we would hope that a store would carry at least two or three minimum flavors of the dry and the dry dog and cat food, at least two or three flavors of each of the canned food, and um, a couple of our treats like the lungs or the liver or the pizzles. Uh, they make really good uh, chews or treats for dogs, and they're just real animal parts, so you don't have a bunch of carbohydrates that you're feeding in a biscuit-type treat. But the reason we really ask stores to carry at least two or three of the flavors is because we really encourage uh, varying the diet from protein to protein, at least change two or three times a year so you're not feeding the same protein all the time. You wouldn't like it yourself just to eat chicken every meal. Uh, well, it's not the best thing for a dog or a cat to eat the same protein every meal. You need to vary it 
at least a few times a year to give uh, a different a different source of protein. Well, that's good. I, I've been trying to vary it. Each bag I buy, when I buy for the dogs, I buy the 26.4 pound, I think it is. That's and when right. I buy for the cats, I buy whatever that cat bag is. I know they don't come in a, a real large one. But each time I try to rotate, in fact, I didn't see it the last few times, but this time I picked up the sardine, and it blows my mind. The cats, I mean, my dogs love that. Uh, I never would well, have thought a dog uh, would love it. we have sardine and the dog also. We have it in the dog and the cat. Well, no, that's what I bought this time. That's why I usually right. don't see it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got it. Uh, the, the cats, I expected to like sardine, but the dogs, I was blown away. And it's their favorite. When I buy the can that you carry, that their favorite canned food is the sardine. <laughs> yeah, they, they love that smelly fish. Well, I guess, because it smells. <laughs> I don't have to worry about mosquitoes for a couple days after that. There you go. You had mentioned so, something about cat food, Dr. Krupa. And I would like to say something, and I don't want to go against, you know, really the way you're, you're feeding or not, but I would hope that sometime in the future you can invite Dr. Cameron on, Dr. Thomas Cameron. He's up in Madison, Wisconsin, and he works closely with us. He has a lot of years of practicing as a veterinarian that uh, is basically an alternative veterinarian, very well schooled in nutrition, and he worked a lot of years for a company called Standard Process, and you might know that company, Dr. Krupa. Yeah, I kind of do. Of, <laughs> they make and, a bunch of natural. Worry, Scott, every time you are, every time I talk to you, I learn something, and and yeah. I'm not ashamed to admit that after the last time you talked to me, I was very felt very dumb that I didn't know about adding the water to the kibble. Yeah. And since I've done yeah. that, my dogs are so much happier. And the food oh, yeah. lasts a lot longer because I don't have to feed them as much. There you go. We're saving you money. Well, I want to save you money on your cat food for you, Dr. Krupa, and your listeners. Um, we really, really can make a case for not free-feeding a cat to let them graze on and off throughout the day. Um, you know, the way, what people free-feed, just like you're doing with the automatic feeder, Dr. Krupa, is uh, you're free-feeding free the dry food. Cats, even more than dogs, need moisture in their food. And you do say you do add uh, some canned food to your cat's diet at least once a day, which is really, really good. But cats genetically basically, you know, are desert-type animals, and they would almost get all the moisture they need from the prey that they would hunt and kill and eat. And as we've maybe discussed in a previous show, when a dog or a cat would eat its natural prey, that prey would be about 70% moisture, 70% water. So that's that just shows you that their archetypal diet contained a lot of water. And the cats especially need it because uh, many of them come genetically from uh, desert habitats. And so they would really depend on the prey that they hunted for a lot of the moisture that they needed. And when, when, a, when a cat eats pretty much all dry food, its, it's digestive tract has to draw a lot of moisture from other parts of the body to digest that. It can't digest that pure dry food. It has to become moist. It has to you know, start breaking down and, and uh, 
you know, in order to be able to go through the digestive tract properly. So it it, it, can, it can actually, over time, if a cat doesn't lap up and drink enough water, which they don't normally, it can, it can they can become semi-dehydrated, and that can lead to some of the urinary tract problems, especially with dry foods that are high in carbohydrates. Now, if you're feeding our food, Dr. Prupin, I'm sure you are, it, it's pretty low in carbohydrates, but many, many, many of the dry cat foods are very high in carbohydrates, and they're really starting to link that nutritionally to a lot of the urinary and bladder problems, urinary tract and bladder problems in cats. So I, I'm not opposed to really suggesting to people feed your cats twice a day and predominantly almost all, you know, can be canned food rather than any dry at all. But if you feed dry food, you can also put a little, little bit of water in the cat's food as well or mix it in with some wet food. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was thinking, because you had mentioned how important moisture was last time we talked, and so I tried some moisture with the kibble because you got a lot of great flavors there too, and I thought, well, the cats might like that, but then I thought, well, I never asked you how to do it with the kibble for the cats, so maybe sitting it out there with water, I didn't know if that was a good idea or not. And I knew the yeah. canned food was because it's got a certain amount of moisture anyway. So how do you recommend I do it, or and our listeners and everybody, with the cat food kibble? Or do you, or is is the kibble something you you don't recommend as much as you do the canned food? Yeah. Well, the best way to first succeed in doing this is to first start feeding them two portion meals a day. So they do get hungry between meals. And so once you've established that rhythm, then you can gradually start adding a little moisture to your dry meals that you feed your cat. Uh, You might just put enough in it to where you stir it around and it gets a little moisture on the outside of the kibbles and makes a tiny bit of brownish, brackish broth that they can lap up. Okay, so that way they're taking some moisture in with the meal. So I'm not saying don't let it soak up into a mush, uh, but just basically you and your listeners just need to experiment. But first get the rhythm of two meals a day so the cat is actually hungry between meals. If they're free-fed and you try to introduce something different like that, they're likely not to eat it because they're really not hungry because they're grazing on and off all day. That makes good sense. And and I, I kind of felt like it was wrong putting that feeder out there like that, but I forgot to ask you last show, and I forgot to ask you the last time we talked. So I'm glad you brought that up. So I'll, well, cats I'll especially, try. Cats especially over time being prefed, they tend over time to really put on the weight and uh, eating prefed dry food, and, and that can easily lead to uh, diabetes and uh, other heart problems. And, and urinary tract problems for a cat. So, so I really, really encourage your listeners to consider that. If they'll email us at info at naturelogic.com, info at naturelogic.com, I will send them an article on uh, moisture and cat food and the need for it by Dr. Cameron, who I mentioned. And uh, maybe off the air sometime in the next few days, Dr. Krupa, I can introduce you to Dr. Cameron let you speak to him and then see how you might possibly work him into a, a as a guest in the future. He does a lot of public speaking. 
That would be fabulous. Sounds like uh, it'd be just the thing for people to hear from a doctor who specializes in animals and is familiar with standard process in your products. That's the best of both worlds. Well, having worked with standard process so many years, I mean, he would be a very good guest even speaking uh, on the subject of human nutrition as well because it all goes hand in hand. Yeah, that's fabulous. So now one of the other questions that was brought up was for a new customer to go into one of the stores in Fredericksburg that's going to carry your products. How do they know what to buy and how much to buy starting out? Mm -hmm. And they want to know, do they just switch their animal over, their cat or their dog? Do they do it mm -hmm. little by little? Uh, what do you recommend and what, what, where should they go from there? Right. Well, um, I, I would just say if a dog is less than 30 pounds and they're buying dry food, uh, uh, buy the 15.4-pound bag. If their dog is just a toy breed and, uh, you know, only weighs, you know, six, seven pounds or less, buy the small 4.4-pound bag. If the dog is 35 pounds or more, it's quite fine to go ahead and buy the larger 26.4-pound bag because, the larger bag you buy, uh, the, the less it's going to cost you per, per pound. And, and then I, I would, a lot of these stores, if you buy a full case of cans, and that would be 12 of the 13.2-ounce canine cans or 24 of the small 5.5-ounce cans for the cat, a lot of times if you'll buy a case, they will give the customer like 10% off if they buy a full case. The other thing to do when they go into the store, Dr. Krupa, is ask that store for a frequent buyer uh, card. Uh, Nature's Logic offers a frequent buyer program where uh, if they buy 10 bags, uh, they'll get the 13th one free. And once they've bought 12 cases of cans, they'll get the 13th case free. And that's a big savings, too, uh, over time if they stay on our, on our diet. If the store doesn't have the frequent buyer club cards, uh, the, your customers, your listeners need to just save their receipts and UPC codes off the packaging and uh, ask the store to request some for, for them, and Nature's Logic will send some to the store to hand out to the customers. So, uh, Fabulous. you know, that's, that's, that's probably what I'd recommend uh, uh, and, and, and a choice And when they go into the store for the first time. Flavor doesn't matter. Just start with the chicken or the beef and then rotate two or three times a year to a different protein. Now, on the cat canned food, I notice cats are a little more particular, and I've had people tell me that uh, they had trouble getting their cats to switch from some of those canned foods that are full of carbs, like you mentioned, to something mm -hmm. a little healthier for them, uh, you know, like your chicken or beef or something like that. Uh, does it just take a, a little while to get them adjusted to that, or is there a, um, a technique? Dr. Cooper, we, we do. We hear that a lot, that my cat is finicky or even my dog is finicky. And, and nine times out of ten, um, a person who says they have a finicky cat is a person who is free-feeding their cat dry food. Again, I go back to if you, if you, if you your listeners, can get into the rhythm of feeding their cat the right portion twice a day, no food in between, you can pretty much feed that cat anything after its stomach is empty after eight hours. And you can switch proteins 
if you get if you start in that rhythm, uh, and you can uh, change from dry to can. I mean, if a cat is hungry, he will eat. I know myself. If I've been out working ten hours and haven't had a meal for a long time, I don't care what you put in front of me. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna scarf it up. And that's that's the way I I, I just love to tell people. You know, my cats. You better get your fingers out of the way. When I put the food down, it is going to be just, I mean, it'll be sucked up like a Hoover vacuum cleaner because those cats, are, yeah. are their stomach, it's totally empty in eight hours, and they've got hunger pains like you've experienced sometime when you haven't eaten a meal at your regular time and stuff. So it works. Uh, if people will try that. And don't over-treat dogs and cats. Uh, I would really reserve treats for rewarding them and mainly do it after a meal or after a workout uh, and, and not just all the time during the day. Just hand a treat here and a treat there and just because those treats are calories and they're going to kill the appetite. Yeah, that makes good sense. And I think everybody that's ever told me that they had a finicky cat you're right. They were doing the kibble in a free feeder because mm -hmm. that's the way most people thought they should do it. And it makes mm -hmm. good sense. If if you can eat anytime you want and you come up to your dinner plate and it's not full of carbs and sugars, whether you're a human or an animal, you're probably not going to jump right in there. Right. It, it, it's just common sense. And, and yet, un, uh, unfortunately, uh, consumers, and I've been one of them in the past, um, you know, have been, they've been led to do that by uh, predominantly the, the pet food companies uh, and maybe sometimes uh, veterinarians as well. But free feeding, really, really, if you want the healthiest cat possible and the, the optimal weight and a cat that has a great appetite, uh, I just dare anyone to try what I'm saying and uh, start a rhythm of feeding twice a day. Just feed the amount that they'll consume almost immediately. If they don't consume it immediately, take it away and just wait till eight hours and put it down and keep adjusting the amount until it becomes an amount that they will totally eat in within a few minutes. And, and you'll have a lot healthier specimen of, of, a, of a dog or a cat if you'll do that. And your veterinarian will see, see proper weight weight, weight, and all kinds of uh, good things come about from it. Well, it makes good sense, and you helped me a lot last time when I listened and did what you said about the dogs, and I've yes. been doing it wrong for a long time, so uh, it, it's always, it, I, I tell people all the time, whoever said the, uh, the more you learn, the dumber you feel was really right on, <laughs> because you're always learning, and once you learn something and realize you were doing it wrong, it doesn't make you feel pretty dumb. So yeah. I'm always glad. Sometimes, unfortunately for all of us, it's hard to unlearn some things, but it, it is better for the pet. And like I say, it's just common sense if you really think about it. So. Yeah, it makes good sense. Uh, you mentioned some of the different, uh, I guess you call them treats, that you have. Yes, uh, yes. Do they carry them at most of the pet food stores that you know of, or is that something uh, that people do better you know, order online? We're, yeah, we're still getting those items placed in more stores. Uh, they are available, all of them, on Chewy.com online. Treats are easy to order online. But, again, they just to, just to share with your listeners, these are beef treats. They come from a plant in Omaha here in Nebraska where I'm located, 
and they all come from uh, heifers and steers that are being processed for human consumption, and every one of the processed steers and uh, heifers are uh, a prime graded beef. It comes from real quality carcasses. There's dried bones that are very meaty. There's dried liver, uh, dried Achilles tendons, uh, dried lungs, dried pizzles, um, and and there's just there's probably about 12 to 14 different items, and they're just really high quality. They make really good chews for the dogs to really keep their their teeth and gums uh, cleaner and uh, and healthier. And then the treats are just pure, you know, beef uh, like organ meat, like the lungs or the or the or the liver. And it's that way again. What I mentioned earlier, that way you're not feeding extra carbs in a biscuit type baked treat and things like that. Plus, having a meaty treat like that is going to really help the 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 dental gum health of the dog or the cat. About the only one I'd recommend feeding a cat would be the little uh, cut-up cubes of uh, lung and liver, and a cat can eat those, but you wouldn't want to give the bones to a cat that's too big. Uh, Well, when we come back from our commercial break, I want to ask you a little bit more about how those things come, if they're frozen, refrigerated, uh, that kind of thing, if it's harder to get them shipped. So... uh, don't let me forget that. But, ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to call in, if you have any questions at all for Scott, myself, uh, the number is 1 800 932 1980, American Voice Radio. And uh, we will be right back from the commercial in just a moment. you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Most 
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Something you need to change. Want to 
one of the things that a gentleman uh, was talking about was crystals building up, especially on the male cats, causing problems with the urinary tract. And that's a lot like people with uric acid buildup when the kidneys get in trouble and when there's not enough moisture. But uh, they wanted to know what kind of things you run into, what you see, and what you recommend when you see that. Well, um, just, you know, usually one of the best things to judge the health of a, a pet is its uh, coat and its smell. Um, you know, coats should be shiny, glossy. There shouldn't be a lot of dander, um, and, um, and, and, and there shouldn't be a, just an offensive odor coming from a dog or a cat if they're healthy. Uh, an offensive odor, sometimes you'll smell a dog because his skin is, our cat is in really bad shape. They're shedding uh, excessively, you know, dander cells of dead uh, dead skin, and, uh, and, and they can't even keep up, you know, licking and cleaning themselves, too, to, to, to help their coat be cleaner and, and stuff. So that's just a sign that probably they need a better protein diet and a diet that's less in carbs, less in natural sugars. And so, you know, that's what Nature's Logic does. We're, we're what I call a carnivore-appropriate product line. Very high animal protein content, uh, very little carbs in the food, especially in the canned and the raw frozen. You have to have a little bit more starch, carbs, in the dry food to make it bind. But also there's a, there's a choice of the quality carbs, too. The, Carb we use, carb source we use in our dry food is millet, which is GMO-free, gluten-free, and basically sugar-free, whereas in a lot of the so-called grain diets that I know, a lot, grain-free diets, which I know a lot of your listeners have heard of, those, can, those all contain some source of potato and peas. And just think about it. Sweet potato is 18% sugar. Different variety of peas are anywhere from 12 to over 20% sugar, and uh, just regular old white potatoes are around 4%, and some diets may still use some tapioca, and that's 4% sugar, whereas millet is only one-half of 1% sugar. So, you know, the, the excessive sugar in a diet can lead to an overgrowth of yeast in dogs or cats and is going uh, to uh, cause possibly... Uh, yeast ear infection in the ears and things like that, and, and maybe even cause some allergy issues and stuff. But that's what I would do. I, I would really seek out, if, if the skin's not healthy, the coat's not glossy, that's one telltale sign of, of a cat or a dog not being the healthiest it can be, so they need like that higher protein diet. With the urinary tract issues, especially with, with fixed tomcats, most veterinarians will fix uh, a, a male cat when they're very, very, very young before the urethral is properly developed. So it'll always stay small and be more susceptible to blockage. So especially with your, your, your male cats that have been fixed, and especially if they were fixed at a very early age, I would really tend to definitely not free feed those cats, and really I would put them on... Uh, basically a high meat content diet like our canned food, which has the moisture in it. And that way, cats like that are, that are more prone to urinary tract blockage, they'll have a lot better chance to live healthier 
and and possibly not never have the blockage. Uh, but the carbs are really, or what they are seeing, is leading to a lot of this urinary tract problem. Well, that makes sense. Uh, how about varieties like? Do you carry uh, if somebody wanted to order, say, uh, a a case of the canned food, dog and cat? Do they come just one variety in a case, or do they come mixed? How's that work? Yeah, it's just one uh, one flavor to a case. We tried what we called a uh, a mixed case or a, a variety pack at one time at the when we first launched the brand uh, about ten years ago. Um, even though it was popular to some people, it wasn't popular to enough people to keep doing it. Um, a lot of stores will let you mix and match to make that case, and uh, then hopefully, you know, give you uh, give your listeners a little bit of a discount for buying a full case. Uh, and but online, when they order, uh, like from Chewy.com or PetFlow.com or uh, Wags.com, uh, they're just going to sell a full a, a case of one single flavor. There was one pet one site, Pet Food Direct, for a while. They were actually mixing their own variety packs and sending them to customers. Your listeners can look online at PetFoodDirect.com. I'm not really sure whether they're doing that anymore or not. I haven't heard in quite a while whether they are or not. Okay. Um, back to the the stores in Fredericksburg and Gillespie County. Um, I, the, way I, the way I understood, it sounds like there's a few places that want to carry the products. So... Uh, not knowing their customer base, uh, that one of the questions was, how much, if you are a store owner, should you initially want to bring in? Mm-hmm. Well, for for stores, Dr. Cooper, we have what's called an ISO. That's an acronym for Initial Stocking Order, uh, and they can they can buy even a very small amount, and they get like a twenty percent discount off on their first order. Um, and so they, they really need to call our office, and we'll put um, our territory manager in contact with them. And, you know, this could be for anywhere in the United States, though, where there's a store that wants to carry our product. And, by the way, I will let your customers know, you know, our product is sold in several thousand stores across the entire United States and Canada and we're shipping our first container to South Korea on Friday, a full 40-foot ocean-going container, and we do that to a number of other countries. So, you know, nature's logic is out there. Unfortunately, there's probably 15,000 pet food stores across the country, and we're into we're in a couple thousand of them so far. But we're getting into more of them every month. And the best way for a store to bring the product in is is for like one of your listeners to demand that they carry it. Well, and, you know, like I was telling you the other day when we talked about having you back on the show, uh, I've made it a point to to mention to people anytime I see them buying pet food about your dog and cat food, and people are very interested because a lot of times they don't know anything about ingredients, and I, I gladly show them all the synthetic crap at the back label, and I'll tell them, you know, they started out with some really good ingredients, and then they filled it with synthetic crap, and that kind of defeats the purpose. And uh, mm-hmm. I've had a, had quite a few 
very interested. People want to do better because in a lot of cases, pets are people's family. They love them dearly. Which right. going back, oh. going back. Oh, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Doctor Krupa. Oh, I was just say going back. Uh, I didn't want to forget. We were talking about the treats and how they yeah. ship. Do they have frozen, refrigerated? Uh, is that more difficult, more expensive? How, how does all that work? Well, we do have a uh, just one type of beef raw frozen meaty bone that also has the marrow in it, and uh, and those aren't typically shipped to anyone. You have to buy them at a local store that has freezers. Now, Chewy.com is putting in their own freezers in their warehouses, and they plan on very very soon to start shipping raw frozen pet food, and one of our brands will be one that they ship. The other 12 or 14 items that I was talking about earlier that are all either beef bones or, or, or dried pieces of beef uh, organ meat, those, those are all dry shelf staple. And uh, they can be just, uh, you know, easily shipped in a regular dry FedEx, UPS, United States Postal Service package, uh, just the way Amazon ships or, or uh, Chewy.com or, you know, Chewy or any of the other websites that sell treats. So that's, those are all shelf-stable. Well, that sounds good. Uh, also, samples. We've talked about samples. There were some people uh, out in Fredericksburg and a lady in Hunt, Texas, that were asking about samples. So I think we hooked them up with Deb. Uh, what, yep. what do you have in the way of samples? Uh, anyone can contact us through our website. There's a place to email us, or they can call us. Uh, phone number also is on our website at naturelogic.com. We'll be more than happy to send a, uh, a dry sample of any dog or cat food or both to, uh, to a potential customer that's interested in our product. We'll mail out with it also um, uh, an informational brochure. And a lot of times if they have a local store where they know they can buy it, we have a couple starter coupons we can send out with it as well. And, um, you know, and we're not opposed every once in a while to uh, mailing someone a, a, a can to try out because uh, a lot of times when the, if they buy from the website uh, from these online companies, they're not going to sell a single can. So a customer sometimes would like to try a, a single can before they invest in an entire case. So we're willing to do that as well to, uh, to help a customer along. And that is uh, natureslogic.com, anybody that wants to go there and take a look. And there is a phone number, and uh, they take good care of you. I've had them send samples for customers and patients and clients and radio listeners a few times, so it works out really well. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see here. I think I'm trying to think if we answered most everybody's questions. Um, one of the gentlemen that uh, Steve that had, had asked me about uh, having you back on because he was very interested in feeding their cat, and I think we've covered all his questions. Uh, he was concerned about how to. Oh, that was it. Switching over. Do you, do you see any problem at all of just going from one food to the other, or is there a process that they ought to do? Well, uh, I think maybe what you're asking is switching from an entirely different brand of pet food to Nature's Logic. 
and I, I do I do share with people, you know, uh, if they're going to go into our food for the first time, uh, nine times out of ten they need to ensure that they're feeding a little bit less of ours than the previous brand because our, our brand is one of the highest calorie diets on the market. And I'm saying I'm not saying that in a bad way. That's a good way because we're just we're just chunk full of food and not a bunch of fillers, so you don't have to feed as much as our food. But I would say have two or three days left of your previous brand, and then uh, you know mix that over two or three days uh, with ours, and then by the last day that you know your other food is going to be finished up, uh, then you can get to 100% nature's logic. And always, always, if your pet is experiencing a little loose stool or some excessive gas uh, on on our food or anybody's food, that's usually a sign that you're feeding a little bit too much and it's overwhelming the pet system. And I think I might have shared last time, especially when you're feeding dry food, it is so easy to overfeed dry food. Dry food, you have to think of it as a concentrate. All the water has been removed, so everything is concentrated. So, so it's it's very easy to feed too much of dry food because you don't really think of it being a lot of food because it's so light. But yet, when you remove the water, um, you know, from from the food, just think of a little piece of uh, freeze dried piece of strawberry in a cereal, you put it in your hand, you can't even feel it. It's so light. Well, that's the same thing as dry pet food. All the heavy water has been removed, so it concentrates everything, concentrated protein, concentrated minerals, concentrated natural vitamins, concentrated fat. So that's also why some animals are thought to be finicky, because they either throw up or they get diarrhea when they're, when they're fed certain foods. Well, sometimes it's not really not the food at all. It's the amount and it's the concentration of it. So that's I, that's one of the reasons you put water in it, to rehydrate it and to make it, you know, more palatable, better digested, more normal of what an animal would, would naturally eat. That makes sense, Dr. Yeah. It makes It makes great sense. And, and once I started doing that, when you told me about it the last time, uh, the food lasts longer. They enjoy it better. You can see, I mean, they just eat it up. Where before, they weren't so excited when I gave them dry food because I was doing it wrong, and then I guess they were trying to tell me, you dummy, feed us the right way. Uh, which brings me to a good point. A lot of people, when I tell them nature's logic, they're like, isn't that pretty expensive? And I said, no, not really. If you compare other good dog foods that are out there that say they're great and tell you that they have everything natural, and then you go look at the ingredients and you see the synthetic vitamins and minerals, uh, and Nature's Lodge doesn't have that. Plus, if you feed them like you're saying, I find that, the, that your food lasts longer the same size bag goes much further than uh, your competitors out there because there's nothing to really reconstitute in a lot of them. They're just well-off kibble with a lot of junk in there. And I've noticed some of your um, competitors have got some very fancy commercials where they beat up on somebody else. <laughs> but, yeah. but, I go, but I go and look at their ingredients 
and they're just as guilty as the commercials where they beat the other guy up, only nobody knows. And and I wonder, Scott, do you run into this? It seems to me that a lot of people do not understand the difference between synthetic and fractionated vitamin and minerals, and they uh, okay. think it's that they're... Definitely an educational process. Um, you know, we and I also have some very good articles that I can send to your listeners, uh, Dr. Krupa. Again, if they'll just go to our website and email us, they can request a sample, they can request articles of what, about what's the difference between synthetic vitamins that are all listed in the pet food ingredients and in a bottle of one a day or a bottle of Centrum, those are all synthetic. And what's the difference between those and the real vitamins that are just a part of natural foods? And we have some very good articles on that. Uh, you know, just, just an easy way to understand it is, you know, an apple has vitamin C in it. But it also, if you analyze an apple, it's got 5,000 identifiable natural uh, chemicals, natural ingredients in it. And just one of those 5,000 is, is vitamin C, ascorbic acid, just one. There's 4,999 other things. And all those things work synergistically together to supply our body some very needed nutrients. And so when you do when you do a synthetic isolated vitamin, it's just one of those little tiny molecules that are in an apple, and you're missing all the other 4,999 parts of, of that apple that make everything work like it should, like a puzzle all fits together or something like that. So we, 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 we have some good articles to explain in more layman terms so people can understand that it's best to get your nutrients from food and not from a laboratory. So. No, exactly, which is how I how I practice and which is why my pets have been eating your products for a long time. And my pets live a long time and they don't ever go to the vet. Uh, I, there's not many natural vets around and I've treated them my own way with my own natural products for years. And I find if you give them the good food, and and I keep learning about the food thanks to you on uh, how to do it. But if you give them the good food and and if they do have a problem, I treat them with natural nutritional things like I do. People, they get very healthy and they stay healthy. Oh, uh, they're just they're so happier and and uh, you know there there is a veterinarian there in the Houston area that I used to deal closely with, and um, she would get a patient. In with their dog that was sick, and it would have some of the things that I was saying earlier. It would, you know, it would have a smelly coat and skin. Its coat would be dull, and she would call it a, a you know, a toxic and a poisoned animal. They've been on nothing but, you know, cheap foods with synthetic vitamins and lots of grain, and and the animals just they're sick and they're not feeling well and. And they're getting those doses of synthetic vitamins every meal, every day of their life. And over over time, it starts doing damage to their to their organs, and it's just not supplying them the nutrients like real food would, whole food would. And and so you know, the, like you were saying, I mean, your animals they live longer, they're healthier, they're happier, and you can see that in their eyes. Uh, that particular vet, you and I both talked about her last time because it's the one that I knew 
Is she still practicing? I haven't heard of her in a long time. No, I don't think she practiced anymore. I think she's involved just in rescue work and um, things like that with, with pets. So she's she's not practicing anymore. She used to practice many, many years ago out on uh, Highway 6, but uh, I don't think yeah. she's involved anymore. Yeah, I met her at a standard process seminar, and uh, oh, we go. got to talking. Yeah, we got yeah. to talking, and she was doing the same thing with vets that I was. Uh, which blew my mind because all the vets I knew were using antibiotics and steroids and all that junk. So, And as you mentioned, most of the dog foods in those uh, veterinary places, a lot of them, and then Frank mentioned earlier at the break, uh, they're not any better than most of the stuff in the grocery stores, but they sell them for a real high price. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, and, but fortunately also, uh, uh there are a lot of veterinarians who are coming around. We went to the uh, AVHMA uh, in San Antonio just recently, and we had literally dozens of veterinarians who came to our exhibit and talked with us and had a, a really good interest in what we're doing. Uh, and, and out of all this interest over the years, as you probably know, there's now the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association. And you... Your your listeners can even go to the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association website, and they can actually find a holistic veterinarian in their area on the website if they're ever interested in that. That's even fabulous. though I think Dr. Krupa is great for helping treat pets. <laughs> so, well, you, you know, yeah, you'd be surprised, good, good, Scott. Good recommendations you give. Well, many of my patients use me for their pets because <laughs> you know I've had such great success. And uh, I do not like a lot of the things the veterinarians do. Uh, the uh, I think it was was it Patricia that you and I knew. Um, Cooper, yes. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, uh, she was fabulous. And when I her and I talked, uh, it, it was really fun because we were doing the same kind of things. Of course, she sure. saw a lot more pets than I did. I only saw some of my patients' pets, but it's sure. always fun when you can do something good and see it in the animals, and the animals are happier, and like you said, that you can see it in their eyes. It makes a big difference. Definitely, you sure can. And, and uh, there, there's nothing more uh, you know, pleasurable than having a, uh, a happy pet full of vitality and, and that you know is living well and, and feels good. So that's what well, we're we all about. Well, we got a couple of minutes, my friend. Uh, go ahead and tell the audience anything you'd like to leave them with. And uh, I guarantee you we're going to have to have you back again because we never get through everything with all the questions. Yeah. Well, um, again, we we are all for helping customers know common sense ways to help their pets uh, be healthy, mainly through, you know, feeding them uh, well. And uh, we just welcome people to call here, to email us. Um, we I have a saying that I, I need – we need our customers more than they need us because we depend on them to buy our products to keep us in business. But in, in return, we want to we wanna really give great service. Uh, we want to be um, reactive to their calls and their needs, and, and we like to answer the phone around here. Even me, the owner, will get on the phone and talk to consumers uh, just about every day that I'm here. Uh, so, you know, we just, we just want to be known as a company that has good – customer service and, and is really interested in the well-being of the pets, and we'll spend some time talking 
with each and every one of them on the phone when they call or, or via emails. We're, we're, we're really happy to help our customers. Well, thank you very much, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you Scott's the same way off-air as he is on. He, this is a passion. As crazy as I am with natural things, he's the same way, and that's why he's built this wonderful company. So anything you need to help with your pets, please go to naturelogic.com. And thank you again, Scott. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, may God bless you with health and happiness. And please be very quick to listen and slow to speak. Good night, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Seems the love I've known has always been the most destructive kind. Guess that's why now I feel so old before my time. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet as rain upon my tongue. I teased at life as if it were a foolish game.
of food and beverages on the grocery store shelves. In 2011, it was estimated that the average consumer per capita consumes nearly 42 pounds of high fructose corn syrup every year. Then there were two studies in 2009 that found that high fructose corn syrup commercially produced in America and American bought high fructose corn syrup products had mercury in them. So the first study was published in the peer-reviewed journal Environmental Health and found that of the 20 samples collected and analyzed from three different manufacturers, nine or 45% came back with mercury. The second study by a watchdog group, the Institute for Agriculture and Trade Policy, they purchased 55 food items from popular brands off of grocery store shelves in the fall of 2008. And these were items in which high fructose corn syrup was the first or second principal ingredient and detected mercury in nearly a third of them. So the contamination has likely been due to the fact that the mercury cells are still used in the production of caustic soda, which is an ingredient used to make high fructose corn syrup. But the high fructose corn syrup mercury plot thickens, unfortunately. The online news outlet Grist reported that the lead researcher in the environmental health study had worked previously as a fraud and drug administration researcher. And this person, Renee Default, had apparently turned over the information contained in her high fructose corn syrup mercury study to the FDA back in 2005. But the FDA, being a corporate hooker, sat on it and did nothing. So Default went public after she retired in 2008. So initial attempts to get corn syrup widely dispersed into U.S. food supply in the 70s didn't really take off because sugar was so cheap and abundant at the time. But this changed as the U.S. imposed tariffs, decreased sugar imports throughout the 70s and the early 80s, making sugar significantly more expensive in America than in other parts of the world. So the surface explanation for the tariffs was to protect the American sugar farmers. But behind the scenes, the big ag interest had lobbied for the policy to promote what would become a new source of sugar derived from corn, which soon emerged as a popular commodity that was sold at a price significantly cheaper than cane sugar or beet sugar. So this guy, Archer Daniels Midland, 
opened the first large-scale plant in 1978 before they acquired the Clinton Corn Processing Company to produce 90% high fructose corn syrup and 55% high fructose corn syrup. By January of 1980, Coca-Cola began allowing high fructose corn syrup to be used as a sweetener at 50% levels with regular sugar. Then Pepsi jumped on the bandwagon by 1983. By November of 1984, both Coke and Pepsi had approved, approved full sweetening with high fructose corn syrup. And high fructose corn syrup captured 42% of the sweetener market. So, market. so the rising dominance of high fructose corn syrup allowed it to maintain commercial prices similar to sugar until the 1990s. So for the past several decades, the U.S. government has paid subsidies to the American farmers to grow tons of corn where nearly 90% of it is genetically modified and shifted domestic agriculture policy to maximize corn crops. So what this did, it made high fructose corn syrup and the other corn-derived processed ingredients much cheaper for industrial food manufacturers to use. So today, high fructose corn syrup is nearly ubiquitous on American grocery store shelves. You find it in so much crapola. You find it in candy, ice cream, bread. You find it in chips and snacks and soups and soft drinks and fruit drinks and other beverages and condiments and jellies and deli meats and the list goes on and on and on. Basically, Americans consume about 50 to 60 pounds of high fructose corn syrup per capita, which is an insane amount. And the high fructose corn syrup has been linked in scientific research to obesity, diabetes, heart disease, fatty liver, and other contributions or contributors to bad health and early death. So as the biggest dietary source of fructose, High fructose corn syrup also promotes insulin resistance and increasing uric acid levels, which contributes to metabolic dysfunction and type 2 diabetes. Further, the researchers in 2008 found a correlation between high fructose consumption and liver scarring in non-alcoholic fatty liver disease which is present in nearly a third of American adults. So on top of the lobbying efforts, the Corn Refiners Association, which is an industry organization of which Archer Daniels Midland is a key member, launched the website sweetsurprise.com as a media relations ploy to debunk alleged myths about high fructose corn syrup and clarify the facts about high fructose corn syrup. Then it ran this TV advertising starting in 2008, 
sticking up for the industry's favored sweetener and asserting that sugar is sugar. Now, that promoted a lawsuit by the sugar producers claiming false advertising. So the FDA also demanded the corn industry stop, stop using the term corn sugar without approval. In 2012, the FDA rejected a petition filed by the Corn, the corn Refiner Association in 2010 to change the name of high fructose corn syrup to corn sugar for the purposes of food labeling and advertising. And the Corn Refiners Association claimed it wanted the name change to educate consumers because the majority are confused about high fructose corn syrup. You see, you see no one cares. They, they could give a crap about you or how you feel or whatever. It's strictly about money. So the thing that gets me, beside, I mean, I just, I don't go near high fructose corn syrup with a 10-foot pole. But do you ever read labels? Do you ever go on a, a, a reading a label and find an ingredient listed as natural flavorings? I mean, come on. Isn't that one of the most confusing, misleading, and costly issues that you face today with truth and labeling practices? Look, I've, I've been a vegan for over 30 years. And this is troublesome because the companies are not required to list the source of the flavorings, whether they come from animals or plants. So I did some research, and I'd like to go over some definitions and then maybe give some examples of typical natural flavorings and their sources, as well as other hidden animal sources in our food supply. So let's start with the official definition. As stated in the U.S. Code of Federal Regulations, Title 21, Section 101, Part 22. And this is a quote. The term natural flavor or natural flavoring means the essential oil, oleoresin, essence or extractive, protein hydrosilate, distillate, or any product of roasting, heating, or enzymolysis, which contains the flavoring constituents derived from a spice, fruit, or fruit juice, vegetable or vegetable juice, edible yeast, herb, bark, bud, root, leaf, or similar plant material, meat, seafood, poultry, eggs, dairy products, or fermentation products thereof, whose significant function in food is flavoring rather than nutrition. That's the quote. So both artificial and natural flavors are made by flavorists in a laboratory by blending either natural chemicals or synthetic chemicals to create a desired flavor. And as you can imagine, it's they call it a science. I call it a nightmare. 
So there's this guy, Gary Renekas, who's a professor in the Department of Food Science and Nutrition at the University of Minnesota, who said that the distinction between natural and artificial flavorings is based on the original source of these often identical chemicals. So natural flavoring basically just means that before the source went through any chemical process, that it originally came from a natural source as opposed to artificial, which has no natural origin. So if it came from nature, then it's natural. And if it's natural, doesn't that translate to better for you than its artificial cousin? Yeah, right. So let's take a look. Wine clearly comes from grapes. Grapes come from a vine. So shouldn't we assume that it's vegan? No, you can't. Because the research that was conducted by the Vegetarian Journal, a clarifying or fining agent makes wine clear by removing proteins from the wine. And depending on the type of wine and the desired flavor, different types of proteins are used. Some clarifiers are animal-based, others are earth-based. And the common agents include egg whites, milk, casein, gelatin, isinglass, which is prepared from the bladder of the sturgeon fish. Then bentonite, a clay earth product, serves as a popular fining agent. So the main problem is that the ingredient list, if one even exists on the label, will not state the clarifying agent as an ingredient because it's removed from the final product. So a consumer could assume that if a wine is kosher, that it ensures that animal-based clarifying agents are not used, but this ain't the way it is. Because the union of the Orthodox Jewish congregation said that all their kosher certified American-made wines do not currently use gelatin, isinglass, or egg whites. But as far as international kosher wines go, the Orthodox Union says that wine could theoretically be certified even if egg whites or gelatin were used because they're removed from the final product. So if you're in doubt about your favorite wines, you've got to contact the company directly because that's the only way you're going to know for sure. You've got to ask that question. So there's another chemical out there. It's called castorium. Castorium is taken from a gland from a beaver, and it's located really close to the beaver's butt. Now, I know it could be hard to believe, but after a lot of processing, it's considered a legal natural flavoring, and it will be listed as such in an ingredient list. And the common foods that might contain castorium are raspberry, strawberry, vanilla flavoring, ice cream, soda, and yogurt. So let me give you a brief list, a 
of reported foods and and let me and food beverages containing castorium extract according to a thing that was published in 2005. Now, I'll give you the usual amounts and I'll give you the maximum amounts. Alcoholic beverages can be anywhere from 80 to 94%. Baked goods, anywhere from 62 to 68%. Gelatins and puddings, anywhere from 43 to 47%. Soft candies, 37 to 44%. Frozen dairy, 24 to 26%. Non-alcoholic beverages, 24 to 29%. Hard candies, 24 to 24%. And chewing gum, 18 to 42%. So do you remember the stuff that happened around Starbucks not long ago when this vegan journalist got a tip from one of the employees that they replaced an artificial coloring agent with carmine in their strawberry frappuccinos. Well, natural red number four is made from the cochina beetle. And the beetles are dried, ground up, processed, and added to foods that are designed to have a red coloring or food that supposed to be red, but lost its coloring during processing. So thanks to, or to give thanks for their credit, Starbucks responded by removing the carmine and replacing it with tomato extract, extract the following month. Now, chewing gum has gum base listed as one of their ingredients. And gum base masks the fact that petroleum, lanolin, glycerine, polyethylene, polyvinyl, acetate, petroleum that wax, steric acid, which is used as a binder in food, and its source can either be animal or vegetable. And it's also used in butter flavoring, vanilla flavoring, and candy. So a lot of brands will list glycerin and glycerol as ingredients, both of which can be animal-derived. Then you got maple syrup, because maple syrup is treated sometimes with a small amount of animal fat, butter, or cream to reduce foaming. But most modern producers use synthetic compounds, according to the Vegetarian Resource Group. But if you want to know, you've got to ask the company what kind of defoaming agent they use. And then with so many European happy cow readers or travelers to that area of the world, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be obvious that we should take a look at the number of e-numbers on the ingredient list? Like you, you buy something and it has a flavor with e and it lists a number like e120 is the red food coloring made from the crushed beetles. E542 is edible bone phosphate. E631 is sodium inosinate. Oh, inosinate. E901 is beeswax. Ready for this one? E904 is shellac. 
And E920 is L-cysteine hydrochloride. So if you, should a vegan always assume that if a company lists natural flavors that they're doing so because they got something to hide? No shit, are you kidding me? Well, um, there's so many companies that don't want it publicly known that they're using crushed beetles or beaver butts. And others just want to protect the recipe from being duplicated by the competition. So natural flavorings has been listed on everything from Quaker oat brand cereal to butter spreads and everything in, in between. And I say this because you could honestly make yourself nuts over what is lurking around in your packaged food and drink. So rather than getting overly obsessed about it, don't buy a lot of prepackaged processed foods. And for the ones you really love, call the company. And while companies don't feel they have to divulge the specifics of their natural flavorings, I think they should state whether well, natural flavoring is from a plant or an animal or something synthetic. But see, this is what we're up against. Because they give you a label and they put something on the label, but, but it, you're clueless. You have no idea. What are you going to do? I mean, we're told that, or you read about how we should avoid acidic foods and eat more alkaline ones to help reduce our risk of cancer. But if you don't understand the definitions of acidic or alkaline, what's the value? Acidic and alkaline substances are, in a sense, chemical opposites. When they react, they tend to produce neutral salts and water. So acidity is indicated by pH, with water being neutral at 7, Numbers, numbers lower than seven down to zero indicate acidity, and higher numbers up to 14 indicate alkalinity. But a food that's chemically acidic, like lemons, they could actually have an alkaline effect in the body by lowering the body's internal pH. So the lemons are actually an alkaline food according to alkaline diet theory. So according to the alkaline diet model, an acidic environment within the body causes toxic waste products to build up, producing various health problems and disease, and most infamously, cancer. Acidic foods include all flesh foods, dairy, processed sugar, refined grains, junk food, caffeine, and alcohol. These foods that were formerly rare in our diets have come to dominate the Western diet in recent decades and are growing in popularity worldwide. Alkaline foods include fresh fruits and vegetables, along with most nuts and seeds. So in this model, acidic foods are not bad foods. They're just not foods that should form the core of the human diet. The ideal diet, they're saying, 
consists of 80% alkaline and 20% acidic. So if you've been eating an acidic diet for a long time, you might want to emphasize some of the more highly alkaline foods in order to help rebalance your body. And some of the most potent alkaline foods include buckwheat, which is a great alternative to wheat, flax seeds and oil, olive oil, melons and cabbage. Other good alkaline foods include avocados, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, celery, cucumbers, garlic, grapefruit, green beans, peas, lemons, limes, lettuce, millet, onions, parsley, pears, pumpkin, radishes, quinoa, sesame seeds, tahini, soybean, spinach, sprouts, tomato, wild rice, zucchini. Hey, I'm I'm going I, I'm I'm rambling on about every vegetable and fruit that's out there. You could drink a daily tonic of a teaspoon of baking powder dissolved in seven ounces of lemon juice, which is a little less than a cup, in order to flush acid waste out of your body and produce an alkaline pH. So moving your pH towards alkaline will provide immediate health benefits even beyond the reduced risk of cancer. And that's because over time, an acidic body and the waste it produces degrades all body tissues and systems. And according to the website, PH Miracle Living, if it's left unchecked, it will interrupt all the cellular activities and functions from the beating of your heart to the neural firing of the brain. And in summary, the overacidification interferes with life itself, leading to all sickness and disease. So restoring your body's alkaline pH helps to remove the chronic symptoms, including fatigue, weakness, poor muscle tone, and lack of endurance. And an overly acidic environment will produce allergies, food allergies, and this stems from the acidic body's weakened immune system being unable to properly digest proteins, leaving behind partially broken down amino acids that produce allergic reactions. And fat becomes the defense mechanism that the body uses to protect the internal organs from an overly acidic environment. So an acidic diet produces obesity, and an alkaline diet prevents or reverses. So let me give you some other information. I say this all the time. The human form is an herbivorous form. The human form is supposed to eat plant foods. Why? The saliva of the human form is alkaline. The plants and the fruits are alkaline. So when you eat the plants, the grains, the fruits, whatever, the vegetables, it mixes with the alkaline saliva, and it breaks down while you're chewing it. And basically, you can almost drink what you're eating. And when you do that, it so easily goes through your digestive tract that it leaves the body in a couple of days. Now, when you 
go on a flesh-based diet, anything that had a face or a mother, eggs and dairy and all that garbage, which is acidic, when the acidic mixes with the alkaline saliva, it's like banging the head against the wall. So it doesn't do anything. It doesn't help to break it down. It doesn't do anything. So you eat a piece of fish, a piece of chicken, a piece of meat, a piece of turkey, whatever. And you suck out all the blood and you suck out all the flavors. Then you swallow it. So now you swallow a part of a muscle. Because that's all you're eating is a part of a muscle. Well, that sucker sits in your body up to seven days. Now let's just take a walk on the wild side. Bacon and eggs for breakfast, a hamburger for lunch, and a piece of steak for dinner. And this goes like this every day. And this stuff doesn't leave the body for seven days. And you're getting three squares a day. Where do you think? We know what happens to slaughtered animals to keep them well, right? They're fed the dead animals that they can't sell, that they can't you know, make into food. They're fed GMOs. They're given antibiotics. They're given synthetic chemicals. They're given everything. Where do you think it goes when it sits into your body for up to seven days and people wonder why they get sick? Well, it doesn't end there. I mean, a lot of people out there really try to do what they can to take care of their teeth. They brush their teeth, they floss their teeth, they do regular dental cleanings, they avoid sticky, sugary candy, they avoid soda, because bad teeth and gum health are linked to all sorts of health issues. And if you don't take care of your mouth, that can affect your cardiovascular system, which could lead to clogged arteries and stroke. So taking care of your teeth is more important than just having a really nice white smile, which is a real nice bonus, of course, because then you can be on TV doing a commercial. So when it comes to toothpaste, there's lots of brands out there. And as I learn more about the ingredients that are allowed for use in cosmetics and personal care products, I freak out especially when it comes to toothpaste, because this is something we're putting in our mouth at least twice a day, maybe even once. And even if we don't swallow it, the mouth is one of the most absorbent parts of the body. So whatever is in your toothpaste is getting a free pass to the bloodstream. And once you see the types of chemicals you've been brushing your teeth with, maybe you'll think twice about the brand you've been buying. So the cosmetic industry, which toothpaste is a part of, is one of the least regulated industries in the U.S. So just like our food, they've been bastardized in America with ingredients that are banned overseas 
and self-regulated by the industry. They don't even need to list all the ingredients on the label. And that's pretty scary and pretty disgusting what some cosmetic, cosmetic companies are getting away with while raking in billions of dollars. So let's take Colgate, for example. They've been selling Colgate total for nearly 20 years. And the FDA has now finally gotten around to banning its active ingredient, triclosan, from hand and body soaps, but not from toothpaste. You see, the FDA said it's not okay to wash your hands with triclosan and rinse it off, but it's perfectly safe to put in your mouth? Does that make any sense to you? And there are dentists that are calling them out, and the only brand approved to sell toothpaste with triclosan is Colgate? And the FDA is clearly not watching out for you and is more interested in protecting the bottom line of the big corporations. So if you've ever read the list of ingredients on a box of toothpaste, you'll know that it takes a lot of research to seek out the safest brands, safest brands. And even if you become an expert food label reader, the ingredients in toothpaste are a whole new animal. You can't trust the claims like natural on the package either, since anyone can just slap it on a toothpaste box. So what do you do? There's, there's um, the EWG Skin Group database. If you go to www.ewg.org, Skin Deep, you can pick out safe products. And then you got Cornucopia came out with a toothpaste report and a scoreboard which ranks toothpaste brands from best to worst. And it's got some pretty big surprises because if you check your toothpaste, you will find artificial colors because toothpaste can contain colors that are considered too toxic for food. And the main colors that you find in toothpaste were red number 30, 33, blue number one, and yellow five. And the brands target little kids because they're brightly colored. But where do they come from? They come from petroleum, they're contaminated with carcinogens, and they contain heavy metals like lead, mercury, and arsenic. So do you really care what the color of your toothpaste is? Then, of course, there's carrageenan. Carrageenan is an additive that's linked to intestinal inflammation and cancer, even in small doses. And what cornucopia says, there's no restriction on the amount of carcinogenic polygreenin. In the grade of carrageenan, use in toothpaste. Then we have the DEA, the diethylphalanamine. It's a foaming agent that interacts with other ingredients in toothpaste to form nitrosamines, which are linked to cancer in humans. And you find that listed in natural toothpastes. Then, of course, there's the ever-popular formaldehyde. 
There's a long list of toothpaste preservatives that release small amounts of formaldehyde right into your mouth. And that carcinogen is easily absorbed through the mucosal lining of the mouth. Europe and Canada have strong restrictions on formaldehyde, but that's not the case in the United States because no one is checking toothpaste to see how much formaldehyde they contain and the companies are not required to test them for formaldehyde and are not even required to disclose to customers that it could be in their product. So the preservatives to watch out for on the label are DMDM, Hydantanin, oh God, I can't pronounce this, Diazolidineal, urea, hey, let me put it this way. If you can't pronounce it, don't put it in your mouth. And then, of course, they contain GMOs. Unless your toothpaste is certified organic or non-GMO verified, you are supporting Monsanto with your toothpaste. So what do you look out for? Well, the GMO crops are derived from glycerin, which is genetically modified soy, cotton, or canola oil. Then there's citric acid, which is GMO sugar. Xanthan gum is GMO sugar. Xylitol comes from GMO corn, and lecithin from GMO soy. Then you got parabens. What's a paraben? It's an endocrine that's a disrupting chemical that mimics estrogen and can lead to cancer, and this is why they're restricted overseas in other countries, but not in the U.S., because they're widely used as a preservative in toothpaste, shampoos, lotions, deodorants, and cosmetics. Then we got the polyethylene glycols and the propylene glycol, and those ingredients make it easier for the other chemicals in toothpaste to penetrate the skin and get into your bloodstream, exposing you to more toxins. So the PEGs are notoriously contaminated with dioxane, which is a carcinogen, and although there's a way for companies to remove this impurity from their products, they ain't gonna do it. And then last but not least, you will see sodium lauryl sulfate and sodium laureth sulfate, which are foaming agents that break down the protective lining in the mouth. And of course, the sodium lauryl sulfate and the sodium laureth sulfate, which is another ingredient contaminant with the carcinogen dioxane. I personally have not used toothpaste with fluoride for years and have not noticed any negative effects on my teeth. It's been drilled into us since being little kids that applying fluoride to the surface of the teeth is supposed to prevent cavities. But that's been disputed. When I testified in Hawaii years ago, about putting fluoride in the water, I brought up the fact 
that New York and Boston have been fluoridated since the 60s, and they both have dental cavity rates four times higher than the national average. So if you look, if you take a read about why two-thirds of the U.S. public water supplies are now fortified with manufactured fluoride that's riddled with arsenic, arsenic, shouldn't that be enough to make you think? Look, years ago, fluoride was disposed of as a toxic waste product in lead-lined drums to the tune of millions of dollars a year. Then they hired a PR guy. And the PR guy changed that all around and said, oh, this is really good for the teeth and blah, blah, blah. And he had a scientist working for him. Her name was Phyllis Mullinex. And she did, she was good. And she found that she did reports and she found this stuff is crapola. So she went to the guy and she told him this. And the guy said, well, give me your reports and let me review it. So being the conscientious person that she was, she gave him the reports. As soon as she gave him all the reports, he fired her and destroyed all the reports. And now fluoride is being dumped into the water supply to the tune of millions of dollars a year, going back to the companies that used to dispose of it as a toxic waste byproduct. So fluoride in itself is highly toxic. It accumulates in your body and can lead to skeletal fluorosis, bone cancer, thyroid disorders, type 2 diabetes, and uh, neurological problems, and which makes it a bigger risk for little kids who typically swallow more toothpaste than adults, where it will affect their thinking function, cause yellow and brown stains on the teeth. So, so many people in the country are already getting doused with fluoride in the drinking water and the pack, packaged beverages and the soups that are made with fluoridated tap water and from naturally occurring sources like nuts and fruits. So you've got to question whether your toothpaste really needs it too or is it just another big myth perpetrated by the chemical industry. So toothpaste brands to avoid at all costs, Crest, Colgate, Arm & Hammer, and Plus White Whitening. Seriously, no, no, no. But there are good ones out there. There's lots of good ones. But there's some good ones that are bad ones. You got Desert Essence. Tom's of Maine, Jason, Honest, Spry, Nature's Gate, Kiss My Face. They don't, they don't rank well at all. And they're sold in natural food stores. And I was a little surprised about that because I used some of them. But some of the toothpaste contain carrageenan, the foaming agents, and uh, toxic contaminants of potential GMOs. And there's safer ones on the market. Let me let me give you the safer ones, okay? You got Dr. Bronner's all-one toothpaste, whatever flavor you get. You got 
My essence, toothpaste. You've got green people toothpaste. You've got Willetta toothpaste. You have real purity toothpaste. And for little kids, you might want to go with Jack and Jill natural toothpaste and green people toothpaste. Me personally, I'm hooked on the uh, the uh, Bronner's uh, cinnamon. It's got a real nice flavor to it, and it's really nice, and it's a clean product. And if you want to really take a walk on the wild side, you can brush your teeth with, um, um, God, what's Bronner soap? You know, the big thing of the, the peppermint soap or whatever. I mean, I use that for bathing. I use that to wash my hair, and you can even use it to brush your teeth. So what's the point of all this? There's, I've, I've come to the conclusion that it's just too much to ask the corporate media to be honest when reporting about natural and alternative medicine because time and time again, they've proven that their big farm bottom line is more important than doing what a newspaper is supposed to do, namely provide readers with truth. So in a recent story of USA Today, they reported that Americans spend upwards of $30 billion a year on at least one type of complementary health approach, which could include massage, Tai Chi, chiropractic, homeopathics, hypnosis, energy healing, and on and on. So using data provided by the Natural Center for Health Statistics, USA Today noted that while these costs amount to a paltry 1% of annual health care spending, with most of the other 99% going to managing disease rather than preventing it, the figure is comparable to expenditures for conventional physician visits and prescription drug use. So at this point, you might think that the guy who reported that would interview a professional who sells and or provides these medical services, like a homeopathic or a naturopathic physician or provider to discuss supplements, alternative health and non-traditional medical treatment. But no, 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 no. The reporter hits up one of the big farmer's biggest cheerleaders and butt kissers and the man who certainly has an interest and a financial one at that in ensuring as many Americans as possible remain addicted to traditional medicine. And this vaccine pimp is known as Paul Offit. What the paper didn't report was that Offit, perhaps the most prolific of all the hookers for vaccines, who one says that kids could theoretically tolerate 10,000 vaccines at once, is also a vaccine developer who has profited handsomely from past vaccine-regulated patents and deals with major pharmaceuticals. Do you understand? Okay, the guy is bad. The guy is hooked in to vaccines like Bayer is hooked in to aspirin. But it gets worse than that. Offit's claim that alternative health compounds are not well regulated is pure crapola. The USA Today reporter 
at least talk to someone from the industry who would know a guy named Daniel Fabrican, who is the executive director and CEO of the National Products Association and the former director of the dietary supplement programs at the FDA. And he told USA Today that the dietary supplements don't claim to cure or mitigate disease and are regulated just like other drugs. Well, don't you think people are fed up with the big farm compromise physician hookers? that laughably claim that they're backing of vaccines has nothing to do with their development of vaccines. I mean, look, we're going to continue to look for the truth where we can find it, especially when it comes to alternative medicine and the dangers of vaccines. But obviously, you can't count on USA Today, and they certainly can't count on big farms, biggest cheerleader and biggest hooker. Fall off it. It seems that together they seem content to watch people die from traditional medicine rather than live with alternative treatments. I mean, we're we're living we're we're living in a world, man, that is crazy, and we wonder why so many people, no matter what, still suffer from chronic illness. You got rates of chronic non-infectious illness exploding like crazy over the past hundred years in the affluent countries. And this rapid pace of this change guarantees that changes in lifestyle have to be to blame. You gotta know the importance of exercise. You gotta know the importance of eating a good diet as ways to protect your health but to protect yourself and your loved ones from the epidemic of chronic disease is just as important to stay clear of the major sources of toxic exposure. Even if you do, you do not suffer from a chronic disease, you probably know someone who does. There's an estimated 133 million people, which is nearly half the U.S. population, suffering from at least one chronic disease, not including cancer. In addition, about half of all people in the U.S. will develop cancer at some point in their lives, and that is one out of every two people. Cancer is the top killer in the Western world and the number two killer in the rest of the world. And it's also the top cause of childhood death in the United States. So if, the, if these rates sound high, it's because they are. A hundred years ago, the lifetime cancer rate in the U.S. was one in 33. Yet the trend of increasing rates is only continuing. According to the World Health Organization, cancer mortality is expected to double by 2030. And the Johns Hopkins report says that the US, as the U.S. population ages, rates of other chronic disease will increase. And the rates are and have been increasing because of an increasingly toxic environment 
that is poisoning us at every turn. And maybe the single biggest source of toxic exposure for most people is food. In this country, the FDA has classified so many food additives as as safe, generally recognized as safe, grass, which is gross, and they've actually been linked with cancer and autoimmune disease and endocrine hormone disruption. And these additives include the preservatives, the artificial colors, the flavor chemicals, and the artificial sweeteners. So you take the meat, the eggs, the dairy that most people consume, which comes from animals treated with growth-promoting antibiotics that find their way into your food, that disrupts your microbiome and it predisposes you to disease, and the beef and the milk contain traces of artificial growth hormones that have been shown to cause physiological changes in humans that consume the products. And then add to that GMOs, which include essentially all non-organic corn or soy and their byproducts. Nearly all packaged foods contain those ingredients in some form, like high fructose corn syrup, cornstarch, soy protein, and studies have linked to diets containing GMOs with a wide range of health problems, including tumors, organ damage, damage, and immune disruption. I'm not making this crap up, man. And the GMOs are also more likely to contain high levels of Roundup. And the dangerous residues of herbicides and other pesticides that are found on non-organic fresh produce and other foods made with non-organic ingredients and the water that you drink is full of toxic chemicals that come from the agricultural herbicides to industrial chemicals from jet fuel to trace levels of hormones and prescription drugs from human urine and I talked about your, your exposure to toxins from cosmetics, which have so many chemicals proven dangerous or never proven safe. And they're so dangerous since they're applied directly to the skin or put into the mouth, which allows passage as an easy route into your body. You can be exposed to toxic chemicals in your workplace or due to contamination of your communities from agricultural, industrial pollution. So what the hell, is, what, what are you going to do? What's, what's, what's your choice? Seriously. Number one, you got to eat clean food. Number two, you got to read labels. You don't read labels. You're screwed, blued, and tattooed. Number three, you have to have an alkaline environment in your body to ward off diseases. And I talked about the alkalinity comes from plants and fruits and vegetables and grains, not refined grains, but whole grains and buckwheat and quinoa and things like that. And the acidity comes from anything that had a face in the mother and dairy products. And don't you get it? I mean, seriously. 
If you've got an addiction to flesh and blood, you got a problem, man. Because that's going to put you in a place where you're not going to be real happy. And it's going to cause you some death that you may come earlier than you had hoped. Anyway, um, I don't know what happened to my theme songs, but I was hoping that George Harrison was somewhere there, but he's not. And I think I only have about a minute left. I'm hoping this is being recorded. Otherwise, it's just a really good show that was sent out to pasture. But see, I, my, my, my position is to tell you, your position is to implement it. That's it. What do you got to lose? Can you take, it's really hard, but can you take a month time so until next week take a walk on the wild side give it a shot one month of a plant You can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.